Welcome back to Factory Sealed. It is September 22nd, 2019. My name is Eric Peterson, and I only have one person joining me today, Mr. Tom Reagan. Oh, I bet nobody guessed it was me. They were like, <laughs> oh, Tom's not going to be there. It's Mike. He, yeah, it's going to be Mike. It's, and Well, not Dan, because he's on Flobby all the time. Yeah, Dan's on Flobby. But no, guys, it's me. It's Tom. Fellow Lake uh, lake just drowner, <laughs> lake depositor, <laughs> raising the shoreline one body at a time. <laughs> yeah, you just want to know how many bodies it'll take to raise the uh, overall surface area of a lake. I'm fighting climate change with this shit. You know, as sea levels no, 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 drop, actually, here, <laughs> don't drop with that; they go up. Yeah, sea levels rise. Oh no, I'm, I'm, I'm contributing to the destruction of the planet and and the human race at the same time. Hey, how do we know that the people that uh, you're killing aren't actually people that are causing the issue? So you could be. Oh, helping. I check them out. Yeah, I I do have a full vetting process. Yeah, your carbon footprint's too high. Ah! Stabby stab. Let me tell you. Let me tell you what happened uh, last night. I uh, went over a friend's house. Should we be talking about this? Like, am I going to be getting a call from some bureau in Canada of the you Mounted Moose Bureau? And uh, it's okay. You're like, fine. You've got you've got immunity. Do you know a Mr. Thomas Ragan? Uh, we spotted him out in the middle of the woods carrying something that looked awfully suspicious. So we hopped on our our moose and we rode on out there and we heard a <laughs> splash, followed by a little bit of a chuckle. Now we're sending some helicopters out. Moose copters. Moose copters. copter one, you found anything? No. Moose copter two. Much coming out on your scans? Return to moose base. <laughs> Sir, we're stuck in the syrup. <laughs> Get out of there. <laughs> moose copter one going down. <laughs> oh, God. Oh God! There's syrup everywhere. <laughs> who kept? Who put it on the blades? <laughs> okay, oh. what happened last night? Uh, we uh, I, I went over. We were just going over for uh, for dinner and a few drinks. And um, he's got two uh, two boys, seven and seven and three, I think. And the seven year old is uh, he? I met him for the first time, and he's like, "Oh boy, do you like games?" Blah, blah, blah. Boy, like, yeah. let me tell you about let some me tell video you games. about video games. <laughs> and uh, so he really wanted to, like, as kids do, they want to show you all of their stuff and all of their treasures. And uh, look at the, this you know. copy of uh, of Lego <laughs> for the Game Boy. I've got a Hot Wheels game. <laughs> look at this thing, boy. When like, I was yeah, your age, I was playing great. Final Fantasies. I was reading novels. <laughs> yeah, none of this. Pangea, none of this coal miner games. 
<laughs> I think I'll make you a real man, boy. <laughs> we got Nintendo Thumb and we liked it. That was your age. We just had two buttons. <laughs> a and B. And God damn it, if we didn't get those two confused. <laughs> no, but I witnessed this seven-year-old play on a full-size keyboard on his piece on the PC. And he's got his, his, his hand is barely big enough for the mouse. And he's showing me Minecraft. And oh. I've actually never played Minecraft. It's just not something I've ever jumped into. But he's, he's, showing, he's showing me all the stuff you can build. And he's flying around the world. And he's like, look, at, these are all the animals. And this is how you can throw bombs and destroy the world and tunnel down and all this kind of stuff. And then he starts uh, capturing all the animals that are on the island. I like where and, this is going. And then he, he's like, watch this. And he just flies all the way to the sky. And then he's like, and drop. <laughs> and then he just and he, and he would, and then he would, uh, you can lasso uh, the animals, but you can lasso multiples. And he would lasso like 20 chickens and then be like, let's drown them. <laughs> this kid's got issues. <laughs> I like him. So we drowned like 20 pigs, 20 chickens, 20 wolves. And uh, I looked at him and I was like, you you like animals, kid? <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be all right. Yeah. Boy, let me tell you um, what. Have you heard about a little game called Red Dead Redemption 2? <laughs> yeah, so I showed him some Red Dead. Scott, Scott did really. <laughs> now you have an accomplice. <laughs> yeah. Boy, let me teach boy, you about the ways of the lake. I'm so proud of you, boy. Did you walk Keep out to his dad day. and be like, your son's, your son's going to be all right? I, I told his dad. He's a good egg. I said, yeah, I was enjoying watching, uh, watching Nick, watching him carry multiple animals to the sky on Minecraft, only to then drown them all. We did it with <laughs> pigs, chickens, and wolves. And he said, I'd worry, but that takes a lot of energy and I'm tired. <laughs> Typical parent. <laughs> yeah. It was really funny. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, Minecraft has never been my jam. No, I think it's, uh, yeah, the, kid, the kids uh, these days... It's one of those games, right? Fortnite, Minecraft, and friggin' Beyblades. I don't know. <laughs> Still, I don't know what any of this stuff is. Aren't Beyblades those things that you like, shoot know. down into the little, I don't know, Coliseum and they hit each other? And mm. It's a toy I'm completely unfamiliar with, but yeah, I, I think, think it probably it does involve it's shooting like a, something. It's like a, it's like a top. With it's a, like a little zip line and you shoot them off and then they spin in this coliseum and they're like very archaic versions of battle bots and they oh. hit each other and whichever one gets knocked out loses. Do your kids play with them? No. <laughs> I don't know what that is. I don't know what that witchcraft is. <laughs> Motherfuckers got moving candles. <laughs> My kids gonna get Legos and Lincoln Logs and that's about it. Do you have Lincoln Logs? Are those a thing Stick over there? Hoop. Link Lincoln Logs. Yeah, Lincoln Logs. You know, because Abraham Lincoln grew up in a log cabin, so they made oh, toys Lincoln. that are like logs that you build a log cabin with, and they named them after him Lincoln Logs. That is just made up. It's not made up. You're making this up. Google it. Is that a genuine toy for kids? Lincoln Logs? Yeah, Lincoln Logs. <laughs> oh my it's god. Real. It really is real. <laughs> Yeah. Lincoln Logs. Wow. You build a house like Abraham Lincoln. Made out of logs. <laughs> looking at it, I'm, I'm looking at it. 
I'm looking at one of the, the pots of Lincoln Logs. It says in huge capital letters, America's national toy, then <laughs> a massive sticker with an American flag made in the USA. Like, this is the most American toy I've ever seen. <laughs> I grew up with these. <laughs> Did you really? Yes. I need to order some for my kids. Of course you fucking did. Hell yeah. Of course you did. Oh, the only thing that would make it better is if there wasn't any other language on here on the box other than English. Oh, is there? There is. There's French. Uh, well, the French actually helped us, so I it's guess I probably could give that a pass. Also, they might sell them in Canada, so maybe that's Well, I don't reason. know if you know about Canada, but they speak English there. Yeah, they do, actually. They don't speak anything else. <laughs> Not where I am. <laughs> Much to my dismay. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, yeah you, you can get them in Canada as well. Mike isn't here, although he should have been. Yeah, um, we're not sure where he is. So we're going to go a little light on him in case something happened. Yeah. Yeah, we should do that. Hope you're all right. Dan, on the other hand. He's in Montana. Uh, Is it Montana? I thought it was... Mm-hmm. Um, no, it's Montana. Yeah, Montana, he, USA? Yeah, he went to Montana. No. To think that you go all the way there, but not plan a trip just a bit south? Well, I don't know if you know, but the United States is quite large. Yeah, but, but in a plane? In a plane? How, how far from yeah, Montana are you? Yeah, but here's the thing, you? though. Montana, Montana is like the head of the United States. That's what I said. I know. Because it... And the only reason I say that is because it's one of those states you just never hear anything happen in Because Montana. they are just stuck in the 1700s. It must be great. Yeah, Dan it probably like loves Dead? it. I think he, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's great. <sighs> Big, wide open spaces, lots of horses. Cheap. Real cheap. No neighbors. I Jeez, it sounds like I a place I need to move. I don't know why you're not there already. Oh my God. Christy, we're moving. <laughs> Pack it up. Where are we going? Montana. (laughs) The hell's in Montana? Nothing. Nothing. And that's what I like about it. That's why we're going. (laughs) We're building a house, then a moat, and a drawbridge. You ever read that story, Little House on the Prairie? That's going to be us. Build a house on Lincoln Logs, be good to go. So, yeah, I don't know why he went there, but he's on Floppy Wibble in Montana. Yeah. And uh, apparently, apparently he's not alone as well. It's either really, uh, it's either an actual person or a really convincing crocheted doll. Yeah. That he calls Crystal. I think so. I was impressed. Well, actually, I guess I I shouldn't be too impressed because the picture he sent us was uh, not blurry. Shit. <laughs> yeah. Was it a selfie uh, though? But he's got a good phone now. That's true. You know, he doesn't have the potato phone. No. Oh, Those he... potato phones, they're actually really hard to get sharp photos on. The ones yeah. where you press the, the 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 camera button and then like a second goes by. It's like and then it's like No. I think Dan combed his hair. He's getting long hair. I'm looking at Dan, the picture. Like, he combed it. He looks sharp. Those of you, if you have not seen Dan, any photos of Dan lately or, or him on the uh, uh, on the cam, he's uh, he's got shoulder-length hair now, pretty much. Is it? No, I don't think he's cut his hair 
since we since we started him in London. Yeah, I think he's trying yeah. to catch up to Mike. Mike's is probably closer to shoulder length than Dan's. See, and you and I keep going the opposite direction. <laughs> We're the total opposite. <laughs> To change the name of the podcast. Two hairs and two boulders. <laughs> well, this uh, this shit's falling out. God damn it. Mike and Dan keep taking all the hair. Save some for the rest. Yeah, all right. But you know oh, what I don't okay. need to own? A brush. Yeah. Or uh, or shampoo. Nah, you still need shampoo. Oh, do you? Yeah. But Just lots like- and lots and lots of sunscreen. Oh shit! Or a hat. I don't wear hats. A hat collection. Nah, I don't wear hats. How come? I don't know. Just don't wear hats. So the only thing I want to wear is a ten-gallon hat. Everyone loves them in America. Baseball hat, favorite team. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like if you're if you're bald and you wear a hat, and then as soon as you take it off, like you've catfished people. Oh. And everyone's like, "Oh, he's just wearing a hat to cover up the fact that he's bald." He's like, "No, I'm wearing a hat because I fucking like the hat." So, it's like, just own it. Yeah, just enough. own it. Yeah, I understand. But what does right. suck is having to clipper your hair every three days. You do it yourself, though? Yeah. I don't trust Christy. Did trust Christy? No. I mean, how did can you really mess it up? Once? Yeah, she messed did, it up. When like when I had longer hair, I would have her like shape up the back, and she just accidentally went the other way with it and like scooped up and just shaved a big patch out of the back of my hair. I'm like, well, I guess I'm shaving it down again. <laughs> oh, Christy. That was a good time. You'll get there. So, yeah. Brilliant. That's where those two are. But thanks for being here, Tom. Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Hey, I you know, and I was it was pretty clear like I'm running 10 minutes late. Yeah, Wreckfest will really run that time late. So much Wreckfest. You can't rush Wreckfest. No. No. You got to do as many laps as are needed. Yeah. And if you're halfway through an event, if you quit out, you lose your progress. Yeah, and you definitely do not want that DNF. No. Yeah. Nobody wants to DNF. No. It's pretty common if you're driving the couch on that game. <laughs> yeah. Right. Redfest put out a new, I don't know if we mentioned there was a new update, uh, probably to coincide with the console release. Yeah. Uh, where they'd just given a whole bunch of new new cars, new modes. Um, a lot of new polish, whole, too. New polish uh, and a new um, sections to the, the career mode. Uh, as well as like redoing the kind of infrastructure on their online uh, their multiplayer, and this actually was met with uh, incredible negativity at first. Oh man, that game went from overwhelmingly positive to negative overnight on Steam. Yeah, when it set, when it has the uh, yeah, um, it was people were mad. I I personally didn't really notice a huge difference. I don't think you played enough of it. In that, Probably not. It, the, the new update that came out was really only live for like three days. Hmm. So, yeah, it was a short time and they think they, they did the right, they made the right call where they responded to all the backlash and said, okay, let's revert. We'll revert Basically, the they just went control Z. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> control Z, re-release. We don't want to deal with that anymore. If we've done it right the first time, then we can't just keep Well, and what the kind of the... Um, the the heart and soul of that game was we're going to make a realistic driving sim that's a ton of fun to play and yeah. they somehow they did it it without being a gran turismo or a rally or a, i'm sorry a dirt um yeah 
the driving was tight. It was fun to play. The um, the AI was a freaking blast. And it actually felt like, okay, I'm in first place. I earned it and I'm going to stay here on my own accord. But in this update, they they switched the controls to feel almost a little bit too arcadey, um, mm. more focus on like drift racing. And then the rubber banding AI made Mario Kart look like Gran Turismo. It was bad where you would be oh. 20, 30 seconds ahead and then suddenly they'd be right up on you. Oh, my God. So it, it, it was really frustrating. And I did I did notice that right away. Um, yeah, I I think in the short in the few races I I'd done, I didn't notice any rubber banding or anything. The main feedback I saw that was negative was more about the handling on the cars. Mm-hmm. Like it, it just doesn't they didn't feel uh, I don't know if it felt more arcadey or more simmy, but either way, they hated it. And yeah, for me, it felt more arcadey. Me, yeah, yeah. Um, I think they, and then they were just like, yeah, they just flicked the switch. They yeah. just everyone's like, put it back to Wreckfest of twenty eighteen. We're like, all right, we'll do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, they introduced a bunch of new vehicles. Uh, they have a DLC season pack, which isn't going to do anything other than give you new vehicles, which is fine by me i think i paid 18 bucks for that and i get five car packs coming out in the next year oh that's pretty good um i've put a disgusting amount of time into that game an absolutely disgusting i'm cresting 60 hours and the last time that i've put more than 10 hours into a racing game was gran turismo (laughs) 3 on the ps2 oh my god that's crazy i don't count like burnout or anything like that because that's not that's not really a, a racing game. I mean, it is, but here we go. Hank faced Wreckfest. 55 hours on record. <laughs> That's a lot for a racing game. That is a that, ton for a racing game. That tells you, that tells you something, fellow listeners. Oh, it's so good. Wreckfest. It is, is so good. worth your time. And it, it came out of nowhere. I think Jeremy Sanford just dropped it and he's like, hey, this sounds like a game that you would like. I'm like, oh man, you know me. Let me get some Wreckfest. But yeah, yeah. Some, of the, some of the new cars, they have a um, motorized couch. Uh, they yeah. have a, uh, a bumper car, um, a motorhome, big rigs. Combine Harvester. Yep, the Combine Harvester has been there. Uh, they sell the lawnmower. But what's so neat about this game is that when you go online, depending on how the server is set up, you can take any car into any race and just be mm. an idiot. And... Yep. Uh, I've taken the couch and the lawnmower into races and I've not, and I've started at the middle of the pack and I've not even made it across the starting line before being wrecked out. <laughs> I do like that. They don't have, uh, I guess some, some servers can set restrictions on what cars are allowed and which ones are not. And come oh, not have fun. And, yeah. Come, come fit these, uh, these criteria, but there are a lot of servers that say, Hey, pick whatever car you want. Drive Rules backwards, whatever you want to be. Drive, drive the wrong way if you want. It's all part of the fun. Like part of the fun is avoiding someone who's deciding to oh, yeah. go backwards around the place. Because then, um, if you come in first, you have earned it. Yes, especially yes. when it's like a school bus or a big rig that's out there just causing chaos. <laughs> You've defied all odds. Oh and, man, yeah, weaved your way through to first place. It's a great game online. It's a really good. It's really good fun. I don't play online games very much anymore, but Wreckfest is really fun online. Yeah, I don't yeah. play much online, and 
I was doing some reading about the console version. And if you have a computer that can handle this and it doesn't even really need to be that powerful because I think I think Mike picked it up and Mike's got a a mid range gaming PC right along the same lines as you. Mm -hmm. And he can run it just fine. Um, But the key takeaway is that there's there's more cars per race. And I think that's what adds to the fun of it is that more cars equals more chaos and more chaos equals more fun. Especially um, that first corner. Oh my God. Yes. It's, it's, yeah. it's like watching an F1 racer or an F1 yeah. race where nobody breaks into the first corner. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just absolute <laughs> chaos. And the console version I believe is capped out at 16 where the, the, the PC version caps out at 24 and those extra eight cars make a huge difference. They really do. It can feel quite, actually can feel strangely empty between 12 and 16 cars. Yeah, because the the courses are quite big, um, uh, so yeah, I think you get a, an extra win there with the PC, uh, more people. I mean, the rest of the year is shaping up with some pretty strong game releases, but but Wreckfest is very very high on my gaudy list right now. Um, amazing, if not at the top right now. <laughs> it's it's been one of the most enjoyable games I've played, and every every so often a game comes out that's just kind of this cathartic release. Yeah, where exactly, you know, it can be tedious. Some of the races are are tedious, um, but it's always fun. You know, you, yeah. you hop into an event, and you're like, oh, God, I have eight races to get through. But as soon as you hop in, you're like, fuck, yeah, I'm racing. Yeah. This is fun. That's uh, true. You know, and they, uh, they dole out the upgrades and the cash and, and all that at just the perfect increments to keep you going. Yeah. I love it. I did find myself. uh sometimes skipping over the events where there was more than one race yeah. just because I'm like, oh, I just want to play for 15, 20 minutes. So I'm just going to play some single races to get in the But career. what I learned with that is you can go yeah. into it, you can do a race in that event and then back out. And next time you enter it, you start at that race again. Oh, I thought you lost your progress. Oh. I thought you did too. Well, that is but something. What's really important to note is that if you're on like the fourth race of eight and you come in second place yeah. or you you do not finish then you have to finish the rest of the races before you can reset to start all over again to get all the points it sucks yeah that's so a, that if you're sucks. gonna lose just hit start and just hit start and restart that race until you get first so yeah um, but yeah rick fast man it's a it's a gem it is an absolute gem yeah um yes. let's see anything new with you tom i mean you were here last show weren't you yeah, you I was. Yeah. I was. Um, I tried a couple of games out over the last week um, that I wanted to briefly touch on. Um, it's a bit of a bit of an obscure one. Tom, which is which is <laughs> played an un- which, obscure game. All right. Yeah, I know. So this is a bit of a shock because I'm normally uh, I'm, I'm your Batman, your Spider Man, dude. Your your God of War, kind of yeah. FIFA. Yeah, yeah you, you, know, you play your every year Madden. <laughs> yeah, a FIFA all my team. I buy all the packs. You know. Um, but no <laughs> said nobody I tried, ever I tried, I tried a um uh first one i tried for a while a visual a visual novel on steam called eliza uh i'm gonna ask en- anyway have you heard of this game i would like to say yes but no i have not all right so let me just give you the, the skinny on uh, on eliza basically um it's a visual novel uh point and click kind of thing so not dance type of game 
yeah, you don't have to do anything though in terms of like, look at this, pick this up, combine this with this. You know, you don't have to walk anywhere. You're just kind of clicking through a story uh, and making choices as you go. But the premise is interesting and that's kind of what drew, what drew me to it. Um, lack of gameplay mechanics is made up, made up for by quite an interesting uh, and compelling story. And what it is, you, you play as an ex-software engineer Okay. Uh, who helped program a AI uh, thing uh, interface that would that acts as a counselor for people who need therapy, like for for their for their for mental health. Um, so you made this product, and it, it it'll help people through time. Like it's like it's like asking Siri for for uh, for therapy, right? Okay. Um. But it, but if you if you were speaking to your phone, it would feel very impersonal, like if your phone was giving you therapy. So what they do uh, is they let me see what they do. They they get a, a real human to sit opposite and basically read a screen, and that's the AI. So it's like if I was Siri, but I was just reading Siri's commands back to you, and it makes people feel like they have a more personal connection, even though I'm just reading from a script. Okay, because it's coming from a human voice. You know, it feels it feels a bit more it feels a bit yeah. nicer. Um, so you you were you were an engineer on this project. Now you're a counselor. Now you're a proxy person, and you're reading from a script when people come in with their problems. And you know, there's other story beats around it where you're like kind of you know trying to decide if what you're doing is right. And there's a lot of stuff around ethics and the morals of of uh, of a world where you're all just talking to machines trying to get help with very human problems. And can a machine really understand that? And, uh, you're always reading from this script. And then as I'd predicted, it's not like a spoiler or anything, but like you start to have the choices to deviate from the script Ooh. and like, you're not supposed to, because it, like they say, Oh, statistics show that if you stick to the script, this person will be happier. And your dilemma is, yeah, but they're really not. We're just giving like ones and zeros back. Like yeah. I recommend you try doing 10 pushups and it's like, this isn't, yeah, I've gone through some really bad trauma in my life and I need to actually talk to a human and like vent and get out, like, you know, get my feelings out and stuff like that. And huh. it's, it's a about three hours, I guess. And it's divided up into about six chapters. Yeah, um, it's pretty neat. It's really good. It's really, really cool. If you like visual novels, uh, I don't actually play many like that. I play a lot of walking Sims and stuff like that, but visual novels, I you don't do. play so much. You do like a walking that, sim. Yeah, but no, Eliza's really good. It's a really nice story. You have to make some big decisions towards the end as to where you want your direction to go. Do you want to carry on being a counselor or do you want to do something else that you think might be more self-fulfilling? Um, yeah, it's neat. It's only on PC and and, and Mac, I'm afraid. Uh, so it's not really, it's not hit consoles or anything. I don't know. If it would probably be end up on the Switch just like everything else does. Yeah. But. Switch is getting some good games, but they're also getting some really it weird is. accessories. Oh, yeah? Did you look at that Nintendo Ring Fit? I did not. I'm going to have to look this so up. Nintendo Ring Fit. It's this... It almost feels like we're going back to the days of the Wii, where oh, no. they just create pieces of plastic for you to shove the controllers into, and it's like, you can do this now! Um, oh wow it's a it's a workout thing where oh wow 
you can put the controller into this semi-flexible plastic <laughs> ring. And I think I, I read somewhere where it, it falls under that category of exergaming, you know, like exercise gaming. Um, yeah. You know, the Wii, the Wii U was really good with that, with Wii Fit uh, and all those neat games with the Dance Central, not Dance Central. Um, there was one that, that my sister bought that she really liked. I can't think of the name of it, but... Okay. Yeah, it's it's goofy, um, you know? Yeah. It basically... Oh, so the, you, it looks like you strap one Joy-Con to your thigh. Yeah. Uh, one to the ring, and then you're just kind of doing yoga poses and Look stuff. Look at the picture of this guy playing. I wonder if you're looking at the same one that I am. <laughs> just... what? Like, who has that much fun playing a game? Either either he is in extreme amounts of pain or he's having way more fun than he should be. He's doing a squat with his arms outstretched and this guy looks like he's either really enjoying himself or shitting his pants and say, I can't yeah. believe I'm getting paid to shit my pants. That is uh, probably the best way you could accurately uh, describe that picture. That's how I look it's about just... 20 minutes after Taco Bell and I've got 25 minute drive home. <laughs> it's just a really, really cheesy uh, marketing uh, pose for this, for this accessory. Yeah, it's, I guarantee this none of good. these people are actually playing. Nope. You just know this is, going to be one of those accessories that ends up in right a next to the bin. next to the uh, labo the Wii Fit board yeah oh yeah the labo next to the tony hawk shred skateboard oh was it that oh, was the ride yeah but they had a shred one too did they oh god uh yeah it used the big the big board i damn near i damn near bought one at a used store that i saw the other day because it was only like 10 bucks that's just a piece of plastic that's going to sit and take up space. No <laughs> that thanks. Garbage. That looks like absolute trash. You know, eight-year-old Eric would have loved this because yeah, um, growing up in the mid-90s, arcades were huge. And yeah. I don't know if you remember, but there was a skateboarding arcade game where you actually got onto a skateboard. We didn't have that. I don't, or I don't remember anything like that. No. And, you know, that's kind of cool. Like that, that was right when I was starting my skateboarding life um i can't remember well, what so you it was. could like what you see you could like push your heel down and you would like ollie or whatever and stuff like that yeah oh here it is it was called top skater look up a video of that we had that at my local arcade and it was awesome um it was always like two or three dollars to play so i never really got to play it that much but when i did boy whoo i felt good um but that's to me what Tony Hawk Shred was trying to, or Tony Hawk Ride was trying to recapture, but it didn't. All it was doing mm. was giving us sprained wrists and ankles. Oh, that does look kind of fun, actually. It was really neat. It looks so nineties. Oh yeah, it looks yeah. Watching some kid on it, it's uh, and it's got the little rails as well. Yeah, which is ideal. Safety <laughs> first. <laughs> oh, that's cool. You can like, uh, you can kind of use your foot as well mm-hmm. to move faster it was nice. a neat little game yeah that's all right yeah so i like it when arcades do that because that's the sort of thing that you can't realistically have in your home that's what they're the sort of games i play in arcades yeah Not like have you seen the have you seen some of the more recent games in arcades flappy bird touch touch like, touch touch what touch, the touch. hell or fruit ninja Ah, oh, 
and they look like the expensive cabinets as well with those oh, yeah. glossy like screens and they take up so much space yeah like just play air hockey, man. I like the ones where you're sitting on a motorcycle or or uh, in a cockpit mm. of a car. Daytona uh, USA. Oh God, Daytona. Sega Rally. Sega Rally was so good, so yeah. good. Um, Some great. Or cameras. the the light gun games. Yeah, Time Crisis. Um, yeah. House of the Dead. Terminator. Gem- Jurassic Park. If you could have one cabinet in your house, what would you have? The theater rhythm cabinet. <sighs> good answer. Or. Second to that, the uh, Taiko Drum Master. Another stellar answer. God, yes. What about you? Uh, I would go with, sounds so random. It's called My My Murasaki. And it is one. Is it the one where you put your hands around? Yep. Oh, God, I need to play that. I, I, I can't had to pry me away from the arcades in Tokyo because I just wanted to play that all day. I just loved it. Ugh. Rhythm games are a good way to go, I think, if you're going to have a cabinet in your house. Have you looked up the theater rhythm cabinet? It's gorgeous. Yeah. There's it's a, really nice. There's an arcade down in Tucson that has one that when I go down to visit my grandparents uh, for Thanksgiving, I'm going to go to it. Yeah. It was a big deal because those things are not cheap. I looked I into saw... wanting to buy one and they're like 10 grand. Ah, pass. <laughs> I uh, I oh. I did see one in Japan and I didn't play it. I should have played it. Sinner, I know. I should have been I, the only thing what? you played. The one of the reasons I didn't play it was it looked. So there are a lot of cabinets over there that you just can't play because you'd have to know Japanese. Um, because getting through the menus is pretty tough. Yeah, that's <laughs> but, true. But rhythm games are fine. Once you're in once you're in the game, it's all good. But I probably just looked at it and thought, oh, it looks really, really Japanese. I don't know what it is. Well, I think that um, was before you really even knew what theater rhythm was. Yeah, exactly. You know, I didn't I didn't I didn't look it up or anything. Have you still been dumping a lot of time into that? Yeah. I really like that game. That's my um bed game. Yeah. It's a great you know, bedtime I can game. Just flip it open, flip play a few songs. And it's always just very responsive where every time you finish a song, you're like you got all these points and all these crystals. Now you can unlock more stuff. And I'm like, sweet. I like this. <laughs> it feeds Brilliant. my, uh, it's like why people go to the arcades. Yeah. To it's the, just uh, totally, totally uh, gamified in every way. Like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Let's see here. What else did we have? Oh, <laughs> you and I, I know you're going to say, yeah. you and I have been <laughs> meaning to talk about this for good Lord. When did this game come out? <laughs> Uh, uh, I want to say July. It, it, Maybe it was earlier than that. It might be. We've had this on our notes for Jesus, two months now, three months now. Oh, June. It came out June twentieth. June twentieth. So we've had it on our notes for and every show, it. and we've always forgotten to talk about it. We'll just Ugh. briefly touch on it. But there's yeah. a game that came out called My Neighbor Pedro. No, my name is Pedro. My, oh, my name is Pedro? I thought it was my neighbor, Pedro. Oh, so it is no, my name is Pedro. something else. Yeah, I gotcha. So my name is Pedro. And yeah. I don't even know how to accurately describe this game. Other um, than it is a <laughs> side-scrolling platform puzzle murder game. Shooty, actually. Yeah, a little bit like... It reminded me of a game called... Um, oh, God. Counter Spy. Counter Spy mixed with Max Payne. Yeah, yeah, perfect. Counter Spy mixed, mixed with, with Max Payne. Ollie Ollie. Yeah, like that art style. 
well, not even with the art style, but like with the scoring system, well, the fast of like pace. the fast paced and trying to yeah. chain your your creative murders together. Yeah, um, that's the, a, the, the game starts yeah. off pretty simplistic. In you know, you're 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 this dude in a gimp suit who <laughs> is tasked with doing something by a banana. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's as ridiculous as that. They don't really elaborate um, much on the story and no. you just start going through, you, you need to like take down this kingpin or something like that. And, uh, yeah, there's only like 10 or 15. No, there's probably about five actual worlds that have like 20 stages in each. Yeah. But it's just really fast paced bouncing through You're you're doing slow motion bullet time. Your joysticks shoot the guns in different directions. Um, well you have, I think it's your, if I can remember, it's been a while, but the the right trigger controls one gun and the left trigger controls the other yes which is really satisfying because you use the right stick to aim the right gun and the left stick to aim the left one as well yeah and then I you think. can slow down time so you'd be doing this cartwheel busting out yeah. a window and you'd see a person above you and two below you and you'd hit the triggers and you could aim one gun up and then the other gun and yeah it's it's a complex control scheme and it, it takes it takes a while to kind of become uh fluid good at it yeah <laughs> Yeah, and you can tap the uh, tap the triggers, alternate them to shoot both guns. That feels really good. And you can, uh, uh, if you jump onto like a zip line and then slow down time, and then you can kind of like do some amazing like matrix style acrobatics to kind of shoot either side of the screen. And you, you need to do that towards the later levels because you're just overrun with enemies. Well, and you get a score at the end of every level. And yeah. I only ever got above a C ranking twice because I, I, you, you yeah. have to be you have to be linking things together and not get hit. And you can do like if people shoot you, you can do this little spin maneuver where you dodge the bullets, but your oh, guns yes. are sticking out in the side and you're shooting this hail of circular bullets. And yeah, I forgot about that. It's so yeah. incredibly stylized. But what makes this game so fun is it just continues to get weirder every Ooh. single stage. And by the end of it you're just like what the fuck is going on i don't even want to talk about what the final boss is because it's so genuinely out of left field yeah did you expect that no, no i did not. no not at all <laughs> yeah there's a few stages to the last boss too which just don't don't you don't expect and um man it's a really goofy game the writing is really funny as well like it's just it totally doesn't take itself seriously in any way shape or form it is just a an absolute blast to play on i think you played it on the switch yeah. didn't you? did you buy it on um, ps4 i actually bought it on pc oh uh, and just played it um i just streamed it to the uh the old TV steam the link lounge. the old steam link uh which worked really well for that kind of game like it's not a huge demand huge demand on, yeah. on resources um i think 20 yeah, bucks I, is a little steep for it but if you can find it for so. like 10 12 dollars 100 worth a punt at that because it yeah. is just pure gore fest fun yeah, I was kind of surprised at myself that I finished it. I don't know why, but I just was like, just because I would normally, I don't know, just get what I needed from it and then maybe drop it for something else. But I kind of find myself just really enjoying it a lot. Well, it clips really through really quick. It does. You know, you don't need to, the levels aren't difficult to the point where you just get frustrated and stuck, but. Um, no, that's a good point, actually. Yeah, it's definitely, um, it's definitely worth a punt. Um and try to see uh, 
my name is Pedro. It was. No, I paid twenty dollars. Yeah, I think I paid twenty dollars too, uh, with maybe a percentage off on because I got it on Humble. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, grab it if you can find it for ten. Ten is a sweet spot, I think, yeah. for that game. Um, and you didn't have any performance issues on Switch, did you? No, no, ran great. So that's good. Ran really good. Yeah. That's um, always something worth thinking about. It's been kind of a big week, a really big mm. week. Mm. The uh, it really has. The, the latest in the mini consoles has come out, and by and large, it's one of the best. Yeah, by, off the back m- of the PlayStation. Well, it didn't take much to be better than that. <laughs> no, but... Especially... To- I'll get into that in a second, but yeah, go ahead. No, I, I was going to say, um, to have got a di- pretty disappointing mini console, it's good to get the standard back up again. Well, especially with these, how much that one cost. Because, you know, the, yeah. the NES was 60, Super Nintendo was 80, yep. and then the PlayStation's yep. like, we're going to charge 100. And everyone's like, you fucking crazy? It, they are, those PlayStations are $20 at the moment in Canada. Jesus. I'm, 20 Canadian? I, no, 20 USD. Oh, God. I am tempted for that. Yeah, it's... I am tempted. I paid Just, 30 and like that was a struggle to pay 30 on it um yeah i bought the sega genesis mini for 80 and i am not a sega fan mm-hmm. through like mike and dan are the 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 sega fans um, yep. they would be well served by this you know i fire up that that library of games and go i have memories of five of these yeah of course but the care that has gone into it and the level of production and the emulation quality is so top notch. It's just an extremely impressive little machine that um, it, it's well worth the money. You know, when you, uh, when you spend really cool. that much, uh, you want something that actually feels like, okay, this was, this is worth it. And I even spent an extra 20 and bought one of the six button controllers so oh. fortunately that controller will work with pc it'll work with nintendo switch all that other mm-hmm. stuff but um mm-hmm. it, uh, someone said that you could or I, or I read online that you could uh on the main screen the game select screen you could switch between regions yeah so <laughs> funny story about that i was telling christy <laughs> as i was setting it up like you want to see something really cool like you can switch between the uh, pal versions and then the japanese versions the north american versions She's like oh that'd be really cool i want to see what the japanese uh box arts looked like so i went into the menu went to language chose japanese went back to the main menu She's like oh that's really cool uh, how do i turn it back and because i didn't really <laughs> pay attention to where it was in the hierarchy of menus it's not <laughs> just a button press you have to go into settings go down to language and then choose english but it's not written english in japanese it's the kanji and like well i'm just gonna start guessing um the only other option is all the way at the bottom to factory reset the console so it's not a it's not just a quick button press and if it is i haven't found it okay Um, but it's wow that's (laughs) it's really neat there's um there's definitely a few games worth giving a go. I'm really glad they put Castlevania Bloodlines on there. Uh, nice. Mega Man Wily Wars is on there, which is a uh, combination of Mega Man 1, 2, and 3 done for the Genesis. But what's neat is they've... It's almost like a remake of them. It's got that... that wow. You know how when you look at a Sega game versus a Super Nintendo game, you can tell that is a Sega game. Like It, it has that, yeah. that certain 
it's a bit more it's a bit raw looking and, it, and kind of like everything is a little rounded and yeah kind of more cartoony and it pops a little more yeah, uh, yeah. Mega Man has that mm. I don't know if I like it because it it looks a little too anime and it doesn't quite play the same like I really struggled to get through parts of Mega Man 2 on that like this is muscle memory like I, I know how to do this why am I struggling with this yeah um, <laughs> it's it's odd <laughs> The, the one yeah, thing really that strange. really sticks out to me, though, about the Genesis, and we talked a little bit about this in, in our WhatsApp chat, is the stark quality difference in audio between the Genesis and the Super Nintendo. And oh, yeah. Yeah, you sent me a comparison between the uh, Rock and Roll Racing yeah. uh, SNES version and the, and the Mega Drive or Genesis. And uh, I didn't I wasn't expecting that much of a difference, in all, in all honesty. It was like he, like night and day. And I don't know if that's just a a case by case basis of the developers are being lazy on the Genesis version, but the sound card yeah. in the Super Nintendo is vastly superior. Yeah, and and I loved the music on the Genesis. Like some of those some of those uh, uh, Shinobi, Streets of Rage, oh, yeah. Sonic. Um, they have some of like the best, the most memorable like tunes. I can remember Battletoads as well. <laughs> Yeah. always bring battletoads in there um yeah they have some really great music but yeah the 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 snes it just has i don't know it just has more bandwidth it seems when it comes to its audio it's just a lot more going on yeah it's the the genesis mini is great um i don't know how much genuine use i'm going to get out of it but i'm i'm really glad that i picked it up because it does feel like it does feel like sega cares and i think in this day and age where everybody's kind of like turned a blind eye to sega um it, they seem recently to have just kind of not really cared about a lot of their franchises. They've put out that that at game Sega Genesis Mini, which was just shit. Um, they brought uh, in, I believe, the developer that did all of these was um, M2, who handled okay. all the emulation for their Sega Ages games, which are fantastic. Uh. So they're really starting to take their legacy seriously, and so we this need is that the first console that Sega have put out. In since the Dreamcast, ah! could you say that? Is that is that official? I think so. Since the Dreamcast, <laughs> it's a piece of yeah. hardware. It yeah, is. it's a licensed piece of hardware. It is. Uh, I'm just waiting for somebody to crack it. It won't be long. It won't be long. It at definitely all. won't be long. And there's USB ports on there, right? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> there's two USB that's ports. A, that's there. a back door. It's a that's a freaking front door, right? In there. Oh yeah. Here we go. <laughs> um, um, that's cool, man. But um, I. I have a lot of fond memories of the Genesis, so it's something that I would buy. Although, uh, it's really picky, I know, but I'd have to buy the Mega Drive for it to be... Yeah, I suppose. For, for, for me, like, I just I have no real affiliation with, with Genesis. See, for me, um, I, I kind of wish that they had different variations of how it looked, you know, because yeah. the, the one here in the States is the Gen 1. Like, I didn't have mm. a Gen 1. I had a Gen 2 growing up. And oh, the Gen 1 was so, so nice. It looks really cool. It, it definitely really has, like, looking. that... Yeah. It, yeah it, it looks like a computer <laughs> yeah uh, you know the 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 gen 2 looks like a a rounded vcr yeah yeah it does but apparently there is a company that's doing um attachments to it 
to make the the tower of power you know you could get really? a they don't function or do anything they're just visual oh. aesthetic attachments and which i thought was really strange because the the cartridge slot in the top actually opens there's nothing in there but it opens and you can drop stuff in so That's it looks weird. like you could stick a cartridge in there but you know they've got the gen 1 sega cd thing that you can put on the bottom of it with the 32x adapter so it makes it look more oh, like right. the full-on sega cd uh, tower of power so um huh. It's really neat. It, it's super neat. If you if you are a fan of Sega games in the least, this is it's it's worth it. It's really a phenomenal little piece of kit. But we have an opportunity for you to win one because we are giving one away. What? That's we right. Don't give mini consoles away, do we? Every year. Every year. every year they give away. Every year they release a mini console. Yeah. We host our annual straddling contest. This is like your favorite time of the this year. This is my isn't it? favorite time of the year. As a kid, I loved <laughs> Christmas. As an adult, it's that time of year. The temperatures drop, pumpkins are back in style. Time to straddle something. Get your straddle on. Yeah. And by pumpkins, I mean the edible ones, not like Dan at the end of the show. Yeah. Yeah. You we know, got that one. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah. Uh, we've posted some details on our factory sealed community page on Facebook, facebook.com slash group slash factory sealed podcast. Um, it's tagged as one of the announcements. Mm. The rules are simple. We like to keep it simple here. Nothing too complicated. No. Three things. Here's what you got to do. Got to find something. Yep. Got to put it between your legs. Ooh. And you got to take a picture of it. Sounds very reasonable. Well, the fourth thing then is you got to share it. I mean, if you take a picture of it for yourself, that's all fine and well, but uh, you got to... If you want to win. Yeah. If you want to win, you got to share. But if you don't have the old face box there, um, you can email them to us at... uh, We have two emails. I'm going to give them both because I want to start transitioning. You know, we've got factory sealed at manatank.com or podcast at factory dash sealed.com yeah either one of those will get to us um if you are not part of the facebook community you know make sure that you you put your name in there so we can uh attribute the correct one and whether or not you would like us to share it for you on our community page yes Um, there's uh there's some tips and there's some tips and tricks you've put in there too for giving yourself the best chance yeah, because if uh, this isn't your first straddle with us, you know you'll yeah. you'll understand that you, there's you got to think about framing of the photo. Yeah, think about your expression. Think about how tough it was for you to find that structure that you're now straddling. Um, it's the you know the expression, the action, that how high are the legs off the ground? Yep, really put some thought into this. Uh, it's worth it. And I may be <laughs> the only one who actually pays any attention to it, but there is a precise angle at which the elbow needs to be bent, and then the wrist flapped back. And if your fingers are too far spread apart, this is this is straddling. This isn't show choir. Yeah. If you're if you're jazz handing it, it's not. Yeah, it's it. Before you do it, go watch a bunch of rodeos. And that's what it is that that is that is the straddle. Think about all the stuff that Dan could find in Montana to straddle. So many bison, so many bison. And God. It's tough. It's so legit. It took you guys a, a, a good couple of years to get the form down. I think it did. Like it, it is, you know. I'm just so you know, people who are entering this contest. It's by no means easy. 
No, you, know, you can't people just try and fail. Yeah, you can't just hop on something, throw a hand up, and call it a day. No. You got to think it's about tough. this because unlike a lot of our other contests, this is not a random draw. You have to know your audience, mm. and your audience is us. <laughs> and we will judge you harshly. Yeah, oh yeah. But we have some we defending we... champions who are are, are going at it. Uh, Dancy <laughs> Gilbert and Scott Girardi, are. I, I think they're going to throw down some pretty good straddles this year. I'm excited. I expect nothing less from Scott Gerardy. Yeah, yeah. His his is one of the most impressive that we've ever seen. Because was it the fish? Yeah, I've no. done it. Yeah, and that okay. took effort. Not only did it take time to wait for a police officer to leave, but we had to wait till there was nobody else around. We had to back a truck up to it to get on top of it. It was rough. Oh, God. So, yeah, see, but. The, the one caveat that I will put in there, mainly because I don't want to get sued, is keep it legal and keep it safe. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we, sure. don't, we don't want to get we don't want to get in trouble. But um, I love this time of year. <laughs> I think we're going to have a I think we're going to have a stellar turnout this year. Last year, it, it was kind of a slow start, but then we got some really they picked up really good entries. Yeah. Um, it's just fucking uh, yeah. hilarious. Like, I don't even know <laughs> how this became a thing. I don't either. I think, I think it was just one of those, I, like, I've been doing this for years just as something stupid with one of my other buddies, and I shared it out, and it just kind of caught on. I remember when I came to visit you a few years ago, uh, <laughs> as we were walking past various <laughs> things, you're like, I'm going to straddle it. Come on, Tom, straddle this, straddle the Grand Canyon. <laughs> and it probably all spawned from there, because once you had pictures of me straddling, and then we had Dan sort of straddling, like animal in a zoo or something like a like a statue of an animal somewhere we were like okay we're starting to get some inventory here of straddling pictures for the on the crew how can we now uh put this forward to the rest of the people i'm quite <laughs> proud of the uh straddling picture we put together for this one. Oh yeah yeah there were- I'm just standing there next to a sign that points to the lake. If you haven't seen this, go onto our Facebook group and you'll you'll see you'll see the image. It's uh it's quite fun. And you can see an idea of what a good proper form would look like. Except Dan doesn't well, Dan does have a hand up, but I hit it behind the cartridge so it looks like he's holding on. Although Sonic <laughs> did land on his crotch and lost all of his coins. <laughs> so yeah God. it is that time of year it is the straddle month Excited. so what we're gonna do is we're gonna we're gonna have two full shows cover this so um it'll release for this show we'll also talk about it again on the 6th and then we will be choosing a winner october 20th so you have to have your entries submitted whether on facebook or through email um by october 19th end of the day october 19th so we have some time to collate it and put everything down and you know kind of review it and yeah and have some heavy debates in, in what's up heavy debates you uh, should, honestly we get we get real deep yeah we judge harshly <laughs> but we also take great pleasure in this great pleasure it's uh it, it's fun so but yeah. to answer, Dan C. Gilbert did have a question. If you've won in the past, yes, you can win again, but you will be judged to a higher standard. <laughs> yeah. You can't uh, get backwards, guys. Come on. No, we cannot. So um, in continuing with the theme of being a big week. Oh, Tom. 
I need to take yeah. a breath. I need to take a we breath. Had, uh, untitled Goose Game. Is that what you're going <laughs> to... <laughs> yes. No. Um, I haven't bought that yet. That's next on my list. I purposely have not purchased it because I'm afraid I'd get sidetracked. And I don't need Dan and you Mike. You get sidetracked? Good. That doesn't happen. And that's you why I didn't buy Nino Kuni on the Switch. <laughs> oh, which, yeah, let me shit. tell you what, that took a lot of willpower to not purchase. Um, yeah. However, let me get your thoughts on this real quick. The Switch version yeah. is not the remaster. It's just a straight port? It's a straight 720p, 30 frames per second port of the PS3 version. Whereas the PS4 version is a 4K60 remake or remaster. I don't know what I want. Yeah, well, here's the thing. It comes down to the same... It's the same criteria every time. Um the switch is always going to be generally speaking a more inferior on the technical aspect, but it's always that portability portability that can sell most people. Well, and it is a huge, huge JRPG. Meaning I put 40 can... hours into it. And according to Dan, I was at the halfway point. Yeah. Yeah. But here's the, here's the extra caveat that I have to consider. Yeah. And other people out there too. If you have kids, I actively include kids in my gaming. You know, whether it's actually a really nice game for kids, that one, Nino Kuni, and yeah. it would look beautiful on the PS4 on a big screen. I think it's something that kids could sit down and actually, because it's, it's a studio, uh, Studio Ghibli. Yeah. Like, you know, it's lovely. And they it's, watch all the Studio Ghibli films too, so yeah. they love it. That's where I'm, that's where I'm torn. But mm, on the same I token, understand. do I need it? Wait, uh, let me rephrase that. Do I have time to play it? <laughs> yeah. Need has nothing to do with my no, uh, purchasing we can't decisions. Put needs in here. Yeah, we can't. No, no. We have time for that. Need and want yeah. are two different things. Exactly. Um, I'm trying to think if you could. Yeah, we got some big I stuff mean, coming. We have got a lot of big games coming up. Not just for the show, but I, I would, I would wait. And that's almost I why I kind of want to pick it up on the Switch because then it could just kind of become my bedtime game. Yeah, just pass on it for now. And just, and I would say pick it up. Uh, it might even be like ten, twenty dollars cheaper by the time you're interested in it. Let me tell um, you about might be good how for my holidays. brain. Let me tell you about how my brain works, Tom. I'm trying to rewire it, and that's to, to no. If effect, I don't buy a game within the first few days of it coming out, there's a strong chance I ain't buying it. You're full. Yeah, you're full. I get it. You should, you should have the mentality of uh, if I see a bargain, I've got the money. <laughs> you know, you know what that means. I you know. see a game on sale that you don't have. I know what it, it means. And you think that's that might go back up to full price. That's not well, how, that's not how capitalism works. Oh, Once it goes down, it stays down. Because if it goes back up, we riot. <laughs> um, no, so Goose Game was not what I was waiting. Well, I was waiting for it, but my childhood has been reborn this week. No way. Links. I think what other games came out this week. Links Awakening. On the Game Boy? Yes, they re released it on the Game Boy Advance. <laughs> Links Awakening. Boy, oh boy. Uh, how if, is it? If someone held a gun to my head, and this is America, so that's. <laughs> very likely <laughs> and you're in arizona so it just increased by an extra few percent 
and asked me to pick my favorite game of all time, it would probably be this. Final Fantasy VIII. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you heard me. Uh, uh, yeah. But uh, just in terms okay. of how impactful this game was for me in my formative years and how much of a, a special place this holds for me in in my gaming career. Well, you still own the uh, you still own the very very original game that you had when a kid. As a it kid, is right? the oldest video game that I personally owned that I still yeah. have. I uh, still have the box, the manual, the cartridge, the little you case. Threw away the inlay, didn't you? Um, no, I have everything. I've sat on it a few times. It spent a couple <laughs> years at the bottom of a closet. Sure, I yeah. still have it. Classic. Um, the. To say that I love this game is an understatement. It is one that I'll probably play through once every... I, I tried to get through it once a year, you know, maybe once every other year, but quite frequently yeah. I've played through it more times than I care to. But growing up, I didn't have a lot of games and I just got in a Game Boy and my mom bought this for me and I knew it was going to be the only game I had for quite some time. But I, I, I fell in love with this game because it was something so incredibly different. It wasn't a platformer. It wasn't a Mario game. It wasn't a side-scrolling Ninja Turtles game. It was, it was an adventure. And you know, if you if you look at Zelda games now, they're a little bit overwhelming to get into. The dungeon yeah. designs are very complex. Um, the overworlds have become extremely sprawling, and. Uh, Link's Awakening sort of feels like the entry point into Zelda games. And it, it it kind of bridges that gap of really complex Zelda games and side-scrolling slash just I want to have fun. And yeah. it, it, it did a phenomenal job of capturing that. And to say I was a little nervous to hear that they were remaster or remaking this game um, would be a fair statement. Because... Typically, when they start mucking around with something that is already at its core perfect, by many accounts, despite the fact that it's 26 years old, 22 mm. years since the last release of it for the Game Boy Color, um, there's a little trepidation. And I can 100% say it's all gone. This game is fantastic. Wow. If, if you own a Switch, you have to own this game just to see, because this game has been locked away on Game Boy. I mean, they've released yeah. it in the virtual shop for, for the DS, but other than that, it's kind of been, it, it's yeah. just been tucked away and it's been this, this mythical Zelda game that people talk about and they're like, yeah, Link's Awakening is phenomenal and unless you have the hardware to play it, like people just haven't been exposed to it and yeah. to now bring it forward to the masses and be like, this is Zelda at its most basic and finest. Yeah. Uh, I was on uh i was in gamestop on release day and uh to see kids aged like nine ten picking this game up i'm like you were nowhere near alive when this game was first released yeah you're yeah and you're just looking at it like wow a new like beautiful art direction uh top-down zelda for me to play and experience for the first time ever i'm like so jealous of you kid yeah i'm but. i'm kind of sad my kids weren't home with me this weekend while i was playing because i kind of wanted them to have that experience but yeah i'll be playing through this so many times yeah of uh, course. the the art style i'll admit i was not 
super keen on when I first yeah. saw it. But now that I've played it and um, I'm almost done with it, I'm on the last dungeon. But wow. the art style perfectly captures the theme of the game of it just kind of being this this dream world and everything mm. is just lighthearted and fun. Um, the 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 tilt shift photography um it's really neat what they've done because in the the game boy advance game everything had a specific screen you'd go you'd clip through go to the next screen now they've just made it one big world so you're moving between things Mm -hmm. fluidly so now you can see if you're in one screen you can see up to what's happening on the next screen which is something you just kind of have to mentally know like oh i'm below maybe village you know i'm down here by the tail cave there's maybe village and just to open that up um the the soundtrack i think they have done a phenomenal job with remastering all of the songs um they've kept at its core like here's the route you can tell what song this is but they've redone it so intricately um yeah they've used a lot more strings apparently like it's it's it sounds really beautiful yeah it almost uh, like a lot of the stuff sounds like little lullabies yeah that's what I meant to say. Yeah, like, the um, I, like? I think I sent you guys a message. The theme for the angler, uh, angler's okay. tunnel. Yeah. Oh yeah, he did. He did. Yeah. Fantastic. It it reminded me of the first time you go into um, dire dire docks on Mario sixty four, and you're just hit okay. with that really calming sense, which is yeah. important because water levels typically suck. And yes. you know, here you are on this tropical island, and you just you're being over you're being washed over with just calming tones and you're in this this dungeon but you're just like this is really neat yeah Uh, what's really cool is having such an intricate understanding of the game be like oh my god like i know where to go next do this oh if i dig here this is going to happen but i was telling christy about this she was watching me play last night she's like you really know this game inside and out like yeah i've played this game a ton but what i'm looking at right now on the screen is how i imagined this game in my mm. mind as i was playing it yeah and i think that's really yeah, that, important that's amazing as kids playing these games we did have to rely a little bit on our imagination um, yeah because it looks kind of you know your imagination has to play a part to make it more realized in your head that it's a fantasy world and stuff like that yeah yeah it definitely takes more demanding of you they haven't uh, changed they haven't changed a whole lot. They've added some extra seashells. They've changed around some of the um, heart container placements. They've mm-hmm. they've done very little with the boss battles in terms of making them a little bit more difficult. But one thing that they did, I'm glad they did, uh, was take advantage of the extra buttons on the controller. Because oh yeah, you before don't you just have menus anymore. A, yeah, I'm very rarely yeah. in the menu. Um, your God, I remember that. Your sword is always mapped to B, and yeah. A is to to talk and interact and do whatever. So you have X and Y to map other items to. So you yeah. can have rocks, feather, and then your your hook shot. But when you get the Pegasus boots, instead of having to map those to a button, they auto map <laughs> to the L button, so you can just nice. run whenever. And then oh. your shield is auto mapped to R. Okay. So you don't need Perfect. to go into the menu, hit your, you know, assign Pegasus boots like you used to have to do. Mm-hmm. Everything is just really fluid. Um, they, they've definitely kept the magic of everything. And That's awesome. It, it's just really cool. 
know, I, I sat yeah. down and, and popped it in and it just kind of like, I sat there and just absorbed it for a minute. Um, like, <laughs> I can't believe it, I'm playing this again. And it, it, it looks felt, like, um, it felt like that first time I played it. Yeah. Oh, well that's, that's, that's perfect then. That's top marks, surely. Yeah. <laughs> if, if, if it ticked all those boxes, I, uh, how do you feel about it all looking? Cause it all to me looks like everything in the world looks like a toy in that it's very plastic. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of sheen, that shine to it. Like, it, like everything's very reflective looking. Like it's if you've, as if it had just been unwrapped from some like mm-hmm. from a, from a toy box, you know, like, like Link himself, he almost looks like the Amiibo. Yeah. He's got that little shine to him. Yeah. It's really it's cool. Cute. The animations are, are fantastic. Um, yeah. The, they've actually made a couple changes to things that I, I didn't, I didn't realize like, you know, when you, you get those, you get the Pegasus boots and they have those crystals that you have to dash through. I always mm-hmm. thought those were made of rock. Well, they're almost like a, like a, <laughs> like a bubble. When you hit them, they pop and like little shards of your bubble go off uh, you know, okay. of the bubble fly away. Everything has a, has a, a, a unique texture and a, a unique animation to it. The enemies are very animated. Um, yeah, I I really oh. really like what they've done with this, and Amazing. anybody who is is just wanting to get into Zelda for the first time, I've I've always recommended this is a phenomenal starting point. Yeah. But going back to a Game Boy game to get into a modern series is always a little bit of a hard sell. Mm-hmm. But now that we have yeah. this, I think you know, start here. Um, you'll see why I think top down Zeldas are always going to reign supreme. Yes. I, I yeah I love top-down Zelda's I much prefer them personally to the 3d ones it's just my jam uh like Minish Cap is probably probably my favorite oh Link's Awakening Game Boy and then Minish Cap my two yeah. favorite Zelda's and this game is not um, difficult in in no. the traditional sense of Zelda top-down games um, yeah. the dungeons aren't particularly difficult there's not a whole lot of puzzles you need to solve it's more or less just which room do I need to go to get the key to unlock the next room to get the next key to unlock the next room to get the boss? It's it's essentially that gameplay loop, um, but it gives you it, it gets you it gets you understanding how to play a Zelda game. Yes, and given that it is, this is just some stuff I've read on online. Um, just want to know your thoughts. Given that it is like a Game Boy game at heart and. Like it's, uh, I don't know, I can't remember, it's like, a t- like 10 hours, 9, 10 hours? Yeah. Total. Um, do you think it's totally justified then that it's a $60 game? My perspective on that's a little skewed. Of course. Um, if you could try and, if you can look at it any other way, that it is, yeah, it is effectively a Game Boy game with, I mean, it has been remade. It has been given a lot of love and a lot of detail. It's They've spent a lot of time on it. I think they've, I yeah, but look at it, what look at what just add water did with uh, Odd World. They did the same oh, thing. They completely the rebuilt it, and they did it yeah. for forty. It was either yeah. twenty or forty. I think you uh, might be right with forty. Yeah, uh, but um, like, do you think this should have been forty? I think it should have been because yeah. it's. But it's got that prestige of Zelda, right? So that's where they're like... It does. And I need to be careful because I've I've always talked about, you know, length shouldn't dictate price. Sure. You know, look at the Uncharted games. You can clip through those in nine hours. Yes. Or you could get The Witcher and spend 109 hours. And pay the same price. Pay the same price. For me, yeah. it comes down to what are you getting out of the experience? 
Yeah. And definitely. I think this, this is well worth it. It's worth $60. It probably should have been 40. Um, I just think of, I think when parents buy it for kids and they might clip through it quickly and they're like, Oh man, I need to buy them another game now because they're done with it so quickly. I don't know if, I don't know if somebody new to the series is going to clip through it that quickly. Yeah, true. I think if you're brand new to it and you've never touched it before, you're probably going to edge closer to 15 hours, maybe 16. Yeah. Um, but yeah, still, it, it it does have that Nintendo premium to it. Yeah, it does. It makes sense. I, I couldn't have expected anything less. I, I was, you know. But you know, you absolutely less. know that you are going to be getting a well-polished game. And yeah. a lot of the reviews, the only negative mark that, that it was really getting was performance. Yeah, which is sort of expected these days. And I don't see games. it. I don't see it. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. it, it'll it'll occasionally drop a couple frames, but who cares? Yeah. Who cares? Yeah, There's it, so much going on. If it recovers very quickly, then it's, yeah, it's it's all good. Uh, yeah. I'm sure there's a bit of jank that might that might throw things off very briefly, but it's probably not enough to be. I think it's it's if you're if you're critiquing a game, you're trying to find something. They try to find something that it says it's not it's not perfect, guys. There are a few little issues here and there, but yeah, but hey, in this case, yeah. it almost felt like they were just looking for something sure, to bitch about. Sure, it's um, like, give this game the score it deserves. Yeah. Um, you know, oh, we're gonna knock it because it dropped five frames. Like, come on, right? I, I get it. Does it does chug a smidge when you're on the there's overworld lots of enemies or you're you're yeah. you're clipping between the different areas um yeah it'll slow down but when you're in the dungeons it's it's buttery um nothing yeah, then, no, no issues with it yeah it's just it, good. it's as someone who grew up with this game it's just really neat to revisit this world and meet these characters again you know you see Marin and and Taryn and then you see Manbo the fish and oh, yeah. uh, you go over and and see um the the bear in Animal Village and going through the little trading game again um with Mr. Wright who now you can when when you played it originally like it was alluded to that this was the guy from SimCity also um the the creator was uh why am I drawing Will Wright was it Will Wright the Maxis, uh, yeah, I'm drawing a blank on this. Um, uh, yeah, Will Wright was his name. Yes. So he's a he's a character there that he sort of looked like the little helper guy that popped up in the SimCity games with the red jacket, uh, the green hair. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. He's in there <laughs> writing that letter to the dog lady in Animal Village, and she gives him a picture and. It's now like a fully, fully uh, rendered out picture of Princess Peach. So, you know, they, they've kept all of those really goofy little story beats in there. Um, old man Uriah is just funny as hell. Everybody's got these little sound effects. And um, I sent you guys a quick video. Old man Uriah, when you go to talk to me, sounds just like Dan doing his old man voice. <laughs> Brilliant. So I don't think there's anything I can say that that hasn't already been said. No, I... I've ordered it. I've ordered it online. I'm wa- I'm waiting. It's really uh, cool to see how many people in our community were picking this up and how important this game is to so many people. I actually couldn't believe it. I was on on our community page and every image I saw it was whoever's uh, you know buying it from from whichever store, taking pictures in front of their steering wheels. 
the studio. Yeah, it was photos. great to see, and uh, I do I do feel like I'm I'm missing out on the conversation around that. So I that'll uh, teach I you have, to wait. That'll yeah, teach it, you. I to did wait. save. I did save a good but good amount of money to to wait, but it's also because I'm playing other other games as well. But um, yeah. and I try not to start too many these days. That doesn't always work. You know how it goes. Yeah. Um, but I do try. So. And, uh, yeah. Speaking of other games, should we uh, clip onto our game of the week? Let's do just that. So we had to take a, we, we called an audible. Did we play Project Eden? That's the one. No, didn't do it. Dan picked a game on the PlayStation 2 called Project Eden, which I think we referenced at the end of the last show. We played, I did play about an hour of it. Uh, I played about I three. Oh, I played yeah, about three played hours. Got through the first mission I'm... out of 12. <laughs> yeah. I don't think Mike touched it. Uh, I think he was planning to be on on that show. Uh, but then we kind of made a group decision since Dan was going to be be on holiday anyways. Shortly after he we, finished, he goes, oh, just realized it. I'm going to Montana, so I'll be gone. He finished all 15 hours and then he said, oh, actually, I'm, I'm not going to be here. So as soon as he messaged me. that, I, I'm typing to everybody and like, can we choose a different game? <laughs> uh, okay, fine. Because to be fair, the, the hour of Project Eden I played, it wasn't uh stellar. I would have been extremely frustrated after 15 hours. It was yeah. neat, and I'll let Dan talk about it next time he's on because he did put the time in. I do think it deserves a little bit of airtime. Yes, definitely. I think I think Dan should definitely... Uh, we could even all throw in our, throw in our thoughts uh at least for the first bit as well. Yeah. When he, when he's back. Uh, we, I, do, I do feel a bit bad. We called an audible <laughs> and uh, decided to switch to a handheld game. We've, uh, we haven't really been representing the Game Boy or the DS or, or many of the handheld consoles very well. So, um, and it just so happened that several days before this happened, I picked up a brand new DS game that I popped in and instantly fell in love with. Um, that game being Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles Ring of Fates. Right, I keep calling it Rings of Fate because yeah. I never I never say the word fates. Who it's says a, fates? I mean, multiple fates, like, the fates of people. No, you always say like it's fate. Yeah, oh, but if, oh, it if must be fate. 10 people have a fate, it is their fates. I know, I just I never I never find myself discussing multiple fates. <laughs> Well, now we are. But so I keep calling it ring or coins of uh, coins of fate or whatever. Coins of so nice. Coins of so nice. The hedge pig. Yeah. So I yeah. popped it in just to see because you know Crystal Chronicles originally came out on the GameCube, and um, I saw this sitting at one of the local stores, and it was it was like eight bucks, and uh, yeah, I'll snag this. You know, throw it on the shelf. It's a Final Fantasy game. And then I thought, you know, yeah. I've never really played a Crystal Chronicles game. Let's see what this is all about. And I popped it in. And recently, you and I have been kind of on this big dungeon crawler kick. And uh, yeah. I immediately got the dungeon crawler vibe from it. I'm like, oh my God, this is a Final Fantasy dungeon crawler in the most basic yeah. form. And I kept yeah. playing. And I kept playing. <laughs> and I found myself playing this over Project Eden. And then when the opportunity came up, I'm like... I need to convince these guys to play this because I want to finish this. This game's great. And it just so <laughs> happened to fit the bill of of um, you and Mike were both able to uh, procure a copy of it as well. So yeah. we decided yeah. to throw it on the docket. 
and uh, here we are covering a DS yeah. game. Which I don't, yeah, like you say, I don't think it's a library we've really gone into. I think the have we covered any DS games? I don't think so. Uh, I think we've talked about it. Like when we did the Diddy Kong Mario Kart Crash Team, I talked about the Diddy Kong version of the DS. I think. Oh yeah, but not. But not yeah, full it's a, on the. It's a console we need to delve into, um, along yeah. with the Game Boy Advance. You and I are planning something for the Game Boy Advance. Um, yes, at, at so some point. Games. At some point. Yeah, yeah. For so, sure. Crystal Chronicles: yeah. Ring of Fates came out uh, March eleventh, two thousand eight. However, it was first announced to come out for the Game Boy Advance at E3 in 2004. Which which kind of makes sense. It does... I know going back to the DS, it's like they, those games do start to look their age now. But this one... It really didn't. Looks a, looks a little bit... Yeah. It, it looks it, good. In this 08, one looks like, good. Like, it's, I this would not have worked on the Advance. No. It actually looks really not yeah yeah because i've played a lot of rpgs on the game boy advance and that has you can see the limitations but ring of ring of fates actually looked pretty good and i'm playing it on a 2.9 inch screen because i was playing on a ds light oh yeah, yeah still going oh, strong so you didn't guys. Have the circle pad oh no i had nothing i had nothing you know, i was <laughs> and after you and mike were talking about it i i played a portion of it using nothing but the d-pad and it wasn't that bad you have to get the knack for it. Yeah. To run diagonally, you had to get this I think, one knack. I think the 3DS XL has a better D-pad than the DS Lite did, though. Yeah, dude. Yeah, it it is it the, is tough. The like, DS Lite. I find myself zigzagging a lot. And, yeah. And especially with boss battles, if I'm trying to, like, you know, get on top of a boss or maneuver around him, it, it was not easy. But, eh, persevered. But, yeah, it's... Uh, Ring of Fates is a action role-playing game. Um very heavy heavy on the story with lots of voice acting which is unique and it's it's good voice acting too it's good it gets annoying well they use kids a lot of them are are kids kids. yeah so i give them i give them a pass on that one because i guess it's supposed to be you know like when kids just keep talking and talking and just shut up (laughs) (laughs) it's uh the, the the director said that um, when they started developing this, they wanted to kind of take a, a a heavy focus on the story because the original Crystal Chronicles was more multiplayer based. So this one, they keep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. They, they dumped a lot of time and effort into the story on this. And it was actually nominated for Story of the Year by IGN in 2008, which is impressive for it is a handheld dungeon crawling style game. Yeah. The, uh, and, and you knowing the thing is you right you really trust IGN <laughs> <laughs> I trust IGN of like the the mid 2000s before the they started uh, plagiarizing yeah some context there was yeah. uh, <laughs> if someone references in our chat that oh this game got a good score and a good write up from IGN Eric's like I don't trust IGN I don't either like Polygon and Kotaku are my go-tos for some for some media uh, gaming news and, and and thoughts and and opinions on stuff. IGN is just all over the shop, but yeah, yeah, two thousand and eight. I'll go to I'll go to uh, Polygon before anything else. Yeah, me too. So, uh, yeah the the interesting part of this is that it is in the Crystal Chronicles um, series, 
So it does have alternate stories for the single player and multiplayer, like completely different. Yeah. So if you want to take advantage of the um, uh, multiplayer, you can do it with the Wi-Fi or the um, uh, close uh, near field. So you can play, you know, using oh, one yeah. cart. So I didn't delve into that at all, obviously. I mean, I, I popped in just no. to, to kind of fart around in it, but didn't go too much into it. I, I just went through the basic story um which whoo this story this is a this is a big story it's a deep story um and you know i'll try to do we'll try to do the best we can to kind of to to cover it but um it it follows two twins by the name of yuri and chalinka who live alone with their their father uh sir latov out kind of on the outskirts of town and they have a couple mentors who live with them, uh, a, a bird named Al, and I don't know what is Meath. Is she a Moogle? Uh, I don't Meath think she's a Moogle. a Moogle. I don't think so. She's Meath a small is, chef she's type just a small person. Girl. Yeah. So Basically. Meath and Al, and they both recognize that the twins have this untapped potential, but they lack some experience. And their father is kind of the same way. He's this rough and tumble, kind of like hard love type dude and wants them to kind of gain some experience. So they go off into this cave to fight. And it's not long, like five minutes into the game, you're fighting and you're, yeah. you're, 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 you're running around. You're doing, you're doing the game. Um, yeah. And at the end of the, the, the cave, you are confronted by this ghostly visage and oh yeah (laughs) they run back to to their father um yeah they have that sibling uh rivalry i'm older than you yeah by like six seconds yeah 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 he's like the older he's the bigger brother right by six seconds no she is and she lords it over him and Uh, what's interesting is that she has the power to control a crystal and he he does not so they kind of have to work hand in hand and this is where having a little bit of knowledge of the original Crystal Chronicles comes in handy because this takes place thousands of years before the GameCube version of the game. And in the GameCube version, there's this poisonous vapor called miasma that has um, taken over the world. And that was mm-hmm. caused by a parasite meteor that shattered the Great Crystal. And you actually meet you, you experience the Great Crystal in this game. So in the future, it's been shattered um this meteor has generated the miasma and it kills anybody who touches it so you have to carry these fragments of this great crystal around to protect yourself from the miasma and in order to regenerate and renew these crystals you have to use a substance called to uh myrrh so what you're seeing now is referenced in um crystal chronicles you're experiencing that so you're you're seeing towns in in crystal chronicles that were destroyed like uh the main castle town um to what is it rabina telra rabina tera 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 yeah tera um at the time of crystal chronicles the first one that was a monster filled ruin and it was destroyed immediately after because it's really close to the 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 great crystal is destroyed filled with monsters now it's this thriving metropolis where you know Mm -hmm. you you travel to um it's still intact and uh 
it's harnessing the power of the crystals. So the crystals now, in its full form, they utilize memories to provide protection to the people. So um, any, as humanity expands and creates memories and people die, their souls go back into the crystal and their memories of that person generate power for the crystal. And that's what, that's what keeps things protected. Um, oh, and that powers the town? It's just... Kind of? Yeah, it just protects. You know, the, the crystal protects like, the world. Uh, which, which is it? Legend, is it Leg- Legaia 2? Yeah, very similar to that. Yep. That has a similar thing, right? There's like these stones or crystals that kind of cast something that protects the town from like bad shit. Yeah. I think it's similar to that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so after they, they go confront this ghostly visage in the cave, um, which for a while, Chalinka is the only one who sees it. Yeah. What is it though? I can't remember what it is. Is it is a human? It is. It, it comes into play a little bit later in the story, if you recall. Oh. Um, so they go back and they want to go to town with their dad. Uh, their dad says, you know, we got to go talk to, we got to talk to the king. Um, mm. Get to town. Dad says, hey, wait for me here till the clock, or the bell rings. And you're just supposed to go around and learn about people and just explore figure out how to upgrade uh in town there's a shop for buying equipment you get these scrolls that when you pick things up in combat you can you can actually uh craft new weapons and you can buy magic so the combat i like the combat in this game um it's really unique how everything is handled yeah it's neat it's it, it gets it gets better when you when you meet more people as well yeah like when you get but uh i'm trying to remember how the um uh the only thing that was annoying was looting <laughs> so like in most dungeon crawlers uh you you obviously uh play most of them on mouse and keyboard or i have anyway yeah pc and you're always like clicking enemies to attack and then clicking the loot that they drop and that's fine for some reason it just doesn't translate too well on the on the console on the ds yeah, Having you know, hit. Mike yeah. pointed that out. Like he said, it would have been better if it had an auto loot where you just walk over yeah. and pick it up. Um, but the reason I, the reason I don't think they did that is because you have the option to attack, jump, pick things up, or carry them. Yeah. So you could grab oh, yeah. an item <laughs> and not put it in in your inventory and carry it above your head. Um, yeah. So the combat revolves. It, it's action based. It's action based. You don't go into a, a menu. It's it's dungeon crawler no. style. Yeah. Um, enemies will drop coins, scrolls, health. Pick those up. Um, but the magic is where things get a little cumbersome. So you have what is it? Eight eight total slots, and there are six different kinds of magicite. There are these little orbs. You have yeah. thunder, blizzard. Uh, fire, fire, water, and earth. raise and heal. Oh, I thought it was earth. Oh, raise. Okay, yeah, raise and heal, and then you have your potion and your ether, and those are the only items usable items in the game. And you can store up to ten. You can purchase more points to store, but um, casting magic is almost a guarantee that you're going to get hit. So what you have to do is you have to select on the the lower screen what you want to cast and then you have to hold the right trigger and no, it's not the right trigger. Um, 
it's the it's X the button. Le- the F, it's, it's the, the X yeah. button, which then puts you into an immobile stance, and then this little cursor pops out at your feet, and then you have to guide that cursor to where you want to cast it. Meanwhile, everything else is it still was so moving. Dumb. Didn't you, I found I I almost never used it. I never did. I yeah. Unless like, I had I to for it. a puzzle. Yeah, I used it like the first few times, and then when I realized how unbelievably cumbersome it was, and especially on the tiny screen. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I was like, nah, I'm just gonna slash my way through this game. This is which works fine because then works totally fine. Like it's. I used know. magic for healing and for raising people. That's about it. But yeah, you get the healing. cursor to where you want it to go. You let go of X, and then you hit X again, and it casts it. So yeah. Yeah, but you, meanwhile, you're just getting... You have to find a... If, the good thing about the healing spell is at least you can run away from the action and heal and take the time to heal and then yeah. run and then come back in. Yep. But any spell that involves inflicting damage, you're going to have to be amongst enemies. The minute, You're going to have to see them on the screen. Well, and did you play around with um, stacking the magic at all? No. So you can... Once you, once you get multiple people in your party, you can... As soon as you press... The, the button to bring up the cursor you'll see on their the character list on the left you can tap on each of those characters to compile the magic and it it amplifies the effectiveness of it oh but they have to have the exact Jeez. same magicite selected so each character has a different variation of the menu it still pulls from the same inventory but if you're yeah. on if you're on al and you hit uh heal you'll see a little green orb next to his name and then yuri might have fire so you'll if you want to Oh. stack fire you have to go into al click fire then go into to meath click fire go into nash click fire and no. then go back to yuri <laughs> cast it and then tap all the other three and then it it, it was really it was a neat concept could but, you just stack on one other per character yeah you could stack one or two or but three. it would less damage or what yeah, yeah. okay yeah uh, mm. but yeah the magic the magic was not useful or if you really wanted to you could take um you could grab the the magicite on the screen and drag it off and it would pop out into the world and then you could attack the magicite and cause that spell to happen. Got so it. magic wasn't too Not, particularly yeah. useful. <laughs> pretty yeah. cumbersome. Yeah, pretty cumbersome. <laughs> so um, it didn't detract from the combat in the least bit. Each Each character has tribe abilities where if you hit the right trigger, you kind of go into this trance-like mode um, where you can do special skills. Like Yuri had the ability to do this dashing attack onto people. Al would uh, utilize his magic to kind of generate different objects. Um, Nash would do a a uh, powerful bow attack. And we'll get into Meath's alchemy pot. <laughs> later that was fun yeah that's i because i got to when you uh you take control as meath you actually have you just control her Mm -hmm. but it's kind of really just a setup to learn what she can do yeah she's the most complex character but i was so confused yeah like what the fuck am i doing so the 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 beginning of the game is very handholdy um you know, when you meet your dad at at the town, uh, come see your dad. Um, (laughs) you hear the bell ring or the, the clock tower ring and he doesn't, 
come out and there's this part of town that the guards are like hey you can't go here you know it's like the underbelly of the town and nobody gets to go there you see your dad walking that way uh so you decide to follow him and this heads into like the first true dungeon the the sewer dungeon it just kind of introduces you the different mechanics of different puzzles using magic to open certain things picking up puzzle pieces to drop them into a chalice to open this door um and at the end you come across the first boss which is a behemoth and you discover that its weak point is a crystal and this is where i i really like the dialogue in this game because while it does come across as very cutesy and childish it is a very Mm -hmm. adult oriented game um, but it yeah. does it does also kind of break the fourth barrier or the fourth wall where um, Chalinka or Yuri makes a comment about hitting that that red crystal and Chalinka's like, well, how do you know that? And and Yuri says something along the lines of like, well, it just looks different. I mean, it's not supposed to be there. So let's hit it. Uh, just little comments like that happen yeah. throughout the game. And they just they, yeah. they kind of endear you to the characters a little bit. Yeah. Um, but that boss fight is then witnessed by, um, you know, uh, in, in RPGs, they like to do this where after the, the party goes off, then then the villain is revealed. And it's this name by the it's, <laughs> it's this guy by the name of Galdez who um, is spying on this family and they see he sees Chalinka and says, I need her. So he sends his little minion Chuchaspel out to. Uh, Skype on her. Skype on these. Yeah, yeah, to capture her. To, to always happens. To kidnap Classic her. RPG. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> why? We don't know yet. Just because. And he looks like this weird circus clown freak, uh, mixed with the Majora's mask. It's it's a really goofy character. Yeah, looking at a picture of him now. <laughs> um, but yeah, you get back to you get back to the house, and then you get your first second character, like. Chalinka's with you the entire time, but you don't ever actually get to do, do anything. anything though. Yeah, because she yeah. she is there to help protect the party with the crystal, but she's just this invisible character who's not running around with you, kind of serving the story, really. Yeah, um, yeah. Al is the first character, and he's like this. He's got a really obnoxious way of talking, where oh God, the Al. the final words of his sentence he flips around, uh, like Yoda. Yeah, it's 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 really strange. Like, um, if you were to say, you know, I'm I'm having a very intense conversation, he'll say something like conversational intense or something. It's just really it it really grated on Mike. I remember him bitching about it. Yeah, but um, you know, he becomes your first second playable character, and they do a really good job in this game of of forcing you to bounce between the characters to to progress through the dungeons. And it, you never really rely too much on one or the other. But if you're in a dungeon for the first time with that new character, you can expect you're going to utilize them a little bit more. Um, so he needs to you need to follow him up the mountain to collect um, these flowers, right? You have to collect the uh, yeah, you have to collect the flowers. Yeah. And uh, you got to collect the fly. I don't remember what it's for. He's making a potion for something. But as I was trying to find, I was like, oh, I can't remember. What you, can't at remember at what the top, you have your second boss, which is a giant bird. And this is where they introduce the mechanic of um, you can jump and attack enemies. Like you can grab onto the flying enemies and attack yeah. them from the bottom. Um, 
I really enjoyed the boss battles in this game. I think they were really varied. Um, they were difficult. Some of them were really difficult. I really enjoyed the boss battles too. I really liked them. They were just they were they were tough though. And I thought uh, actually, it took me. A, it sounds really dumb, but it took me a while to figure out how to save um, because it didn't really tell you the save hey, crystals, Tom. These crystals. It didn't tell you though. No, it didn't. Like I, I'm, I'm just. I know it seems obvious, but like every game is different with how it's you know where the saving. Not this, how you save, and also we're so used to auto save these days that I just kind of, I kind of felt like, yeah, I'm not sure I couldn't find the first save crystal either. It's tucked <laughs> down behind either. the there house. That's what I, yeah, it's right by the house. And I'd done the, I'd, I'd got to the end of the first. Uh, it's not even really the dungeon, but you yeah. know the bit where, um, I don't know, you fight like a yellow scorpion or something. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what it is, but I got quite low on health because he was hitting me pretty hard, and I wasn't using the method that they taught me during the during the start of that dungeon i was just slashing him uh i thought if i die this is going to be really annoying because i've not saved yet instead of jumping on his back and hitting the tail eventually yeah yeah but it it did require one of the faults of dungeon crawlers sometimes is that the 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 bosses can just be a bit too hacky slashy Uh, right you just run in you press square bunch they die like this one requires tactics yeah, um, it can be somewhat like Batman and then somewhat like tactics. It's like you got to have a healthy divide. <laughs> got to press square, 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 square. Okay, well, I guess I'll press triangle. But, you know, it, it, it forces you to pay attention to tell, ta- uh, tell signs on a boss um, to avoid attacks because, you know, the attacks can be extremely devastating. And yeah. you don't always yes, have time to heal. <laughs> No, no, that's it's that. Yeah, that reminds me a little bit of uh, when I played Dark Souls when you're like really low on health and you're like, oh, God, I need to heal. But I'm in such danger right now. Yeah, I can't do it. I got to press square. <laughs> yeah, I got to I got to eat this herb. Do 15 rolls, hopefully. And then you, as you're yeah. bottoming the potion, you get hit. It's like, yes, the worst. <laughs> Yeah. Or I, I would fall victim to, oh, they're almost dead. I'm almost dead. I'm going for it. And it's like, yes. no, just keep doing what you've been doing to Why get him to this Eric? point. It happens all the time. Literally I'm so all the time. It's not just me. Yeah. I get this thing where I see an enemy on low health and I get kind of excited. Like, oh, if I just run in there, I can end this now. Yeah. Nope. And then we're done. Nope. But instead you get to fight them all over again because <laughs> you are cocky impatient oh you'd think that after four souls games five souls games i'd learn and several many many decades yeah nope won't learn never gonna learn um but yeah after this mountain climb you know you get al and you head home and uh a huge plot dump i mean there was long sections of plot throughout the course of this game uh that galdez's uh little minion chuchaspel shows up yeah, a lot of plot dump for a dungeon crawler, to yeah. be honest. Yeah. Like, it wasn't just, like, text, which is what you normally get with a quest. It was, like, it's sort of a weird... It's a strange game in that way, actually. When it's I come a to think really about cool it. mesh. Yeah, it's like a real mesh between your sort of classic JRPG, but the combat and the dungeons are, like, yeah, sort of somewhere between almost a 2D Zelda and dungeon yep. crawling, because you've got, you've got puzzles in there as well to... That it, yeah it's like a it's like a so it's kind of odd a um isometric view zelda yeah that, exactly 
So Chuchaspo arrives and um, he kills their dad right in front of him. Just is that that that's what you meant when you said to me because I hadn't got to that bit at the point when you told me about it and you were like, yeah, this gets dark. Yeah, it gets dark real quick. So just straight up murders him in front of his kids. I was waiting for it to get dark. I was like, this is this is like, come on, Eric, you play like the most violent games. But it got dark. Horses on Red Dead. And it gets darker, to too. It, it does get a little bit darker. I mean, it's it's definitely not a lighthearted story. Um, the the result of that is that Chalinka gets left in this. She doesn't speak. Yeah, she gets left in this catatonic state. T- totally doesn't. Yeah. Well, she just goes straight catatonic for what you assume is months. The rest of the game, it seems. Um, but for <laughs> a while, it's it's just straight months. And then that's yeah. when Yuri decides to go outside and he's like, I'm going to train. And he grabs a sword <laughs> and he just starts slashing <laughs> diagonally. <laughs> yeah. Over. It's so funny. And over. Like, he doesn't even vary his. It's like, I'm just, just going like to swing one, like, this way. You know, it's that it's that old. uh <laughs> I don't, I don't remember which martial artist said it or whoever, but it's like, don't fear the man who practices a thousand punches one time. Fear the man who practices one punch a thousand times. Like, all right, <laughs> yeah. I have this one sword maneuver down. Here we go. But if anybody attacks me from the left, I am screwed. Yeah. <laughs> so true. But yeah, he yeah. Uh, he then becomes a man. And Oh my uh, gosh. <laughs> oh, a man. <laughs> Uh, he comes back to Chalinka has sort of woken up but she can't yeah. talk now she can communicate telepathically yeah. but can't talk so what's the point in making her not be able to talk right don't get I it I d- never got to that um, but you go to look for Al and he is nowhere to be found which yeah. you're standing out in your yard swinging a sword for six months you think you'd see him leave <laughs> But you don't. <laughs> no, he's busy training, Eric. It's true. He's, he's going to have training. pure focus. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so you head off to uh, where do you go? Mount Mount Val. Yeah, you go to Mount Val, and yeah. at the top. So essentially, you're redoing the mountain climb dungeon again yeah, with a little extra section at the top. Um, and you get to the top, and Al is trapped inside of a red crystal. And this is where you really start to understand, like, okay, the red crystals are playing a a big part of this because the great crystal is blue, and now these ones are red. So you end up having to fight him, and Al gives you this little plot dump about, hey, we need to go talk to the king. There's something going on here. Uh, Let's go present our case. So you head down to to talk to the king and discover that there's an... So Al is part of a tribe called the Ukes, and they're, like, malnourished birds with jousting helmets <laughs> that's the best way to, they're like scraggly looking yeah. rangy but yeah. like biped birds if i threw you off a cliff there's no way you'd fly yeah um, <laughs> yes so true. you know like he's just um, a nerdy bird who relies on his brain instead of his wings so you head to the castle you discover that there's an imposter like as you get to the gates he's like hey i'm I don't even know how to pronounce his full name. Al Hanalem and and Al Hallenhelm. Uh, you're the worst for pronunciations, so yeah. They they say no. That Al is already in there. You're an imposter. Go away. Get out of here. Um. So 
you discover that there is a uh, an issue with the forest nearby, and you ask the guards, like, hey, if we go resolve this issue, will you give us a, a an audience with the king? And they're like, yeah, whatever. All of our soldiers go there and die, so have fun. <laughs> so you get to the dungeon, and you discover that it's being tainted with this corruption that's coming from another red crystal, and you meet this... Yep. This uh, wild boy. I think it's a boy. Not Meef. No, Nash. Ganache. Oh, Nash. Yeah, yeah, Ganache. He is, he's kind of like, um, <laughs> Ganache. why am I drawing a blank on the the character from Final Fantasy VI? Some of the name. Uh, I, th- I was thinking it as I was moving towards this point and then forgot it. He's like Gao. Gao. Um, That's who it is, Gao. Yeah. And he's like uh he reminds you of a character from he looks like a character from like the Final Fantasy ten ten to twelve era. That's where he looks like he's from that universe. Uh-huh. Can you remember what he looks like? He's kinda of like spiky uh spiky head, he's got like this weird bandana on. He's wearing kind of like nothing <laughs> like just i can't remember uh, exactly he just looks like he should be on a blitzball team yeah yeah that's what i'm trying to get at yeah <laughs> he looks like waka that's it that's it waka. Waka, a yeah. cross between waka and riku yeah 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 sorry carry on um <laughs> but yeah you come across you come across nash come across and nash. he's a he's one of my favorites because he's yeah. got the bow you know he can shoot things yeah. at a distance he got range uh, he also has the double jump. Yes. Yeah. Which, which, which I was surprised to get a double jump. So that actually kind like of broke some of the game. It did because there's not enough verticality. Well, there, for it. I just there is, but but it also but allowed also you to get to areas. Easy. Yeah, it allowed you to get to areas sooner than you should have. Because what you yeah. could do is you could trap your party into a corner and then jump on their head. And then double jump up and like skip sections of a dungeon. Oh, I didn't try that. Yeah. Did you do that? Yeah, I was I, I was taking full advantage of that. Oh, so you're walking on like the skybox of the game, basically. No, not not like that. You're like out. you're just getting up to sections that oh. like normally you would have had to hit the switch to drop a bridge to get over here. Like, nah, I'm just gonna skip this okay. by jumping up. I thought you were actually breaking the game by walking no. across like no. the game. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so the boss here is a giant poison flower with a red crystal, obviously. So classic. Yeah, big old. He's got beef. Kind of like a marble. Um. <laughs> Then Nash joins the party. You guys go back to the king and they say, okay, fine, whatever. You defeated the corruption. Go talk to the king and you get in there and the king doesn't seem right. Like he's very cloudy with his memory and this imposter Al um, is trying to, you you can tell trying to keep, uh, trying to keep distance between them. And, mm. you know, when, when the real Al comes out, he's like, hey, you know, these are these are the twins, Sir Latov and Illyria's ki- kids. Like, the king's like, oh, man, I have a splitting headache now. And goes and lays down. Um, and the imposter lets, you know, refuses to let the party speak to the king. And that's when, like, this uh, face-off happens between the two ukes. Al says, you need to prove who you are. Um, first of all, you're a female, and Al Hanelhelm is a male name. And Again, it's kind of where some of the the humor popped in. Like they look at the guards, and the guards like, I don't, I don't know. Like I guess, I, I guess I didn't know it was a guy's name. I thought it was a girl's name. Uh, and basically says, look, 
if I can prove my identity, yeah, will you admit that you're false? It's like, yeah, whatever. You're not going to prove it. So go on, have fun. <laughs> and uh, you head out to Relisiel. Yeah, you go to like a, a, a dam, if I remember. Is it a dam? Yeah, it's an abandoned it's, dam it's slash a, scientific research center. No uh, Hoover Dam, that's for sure. Ain't no Hoover Dam. Um, and you're looking, f- what are you looking for here? I forgot. Um, Al has to go here to get. Oh, yeah, they're looking for an artifact. But I can't remember what it is. It's like a. Like a oh, that's right. Yeah. So. A pot or something. No, it's a staff. Oh, it's, it's a staff. staff. So you learn that Al oh. is the royal magistrate for the king. So the king should have recognized him. And the staff is something that the king gave him. So he gets to the bottom of this. It's another dungeon. Um, and you find Meath, who has been relegated to this room, and she's gone crazy due to uh, isolation. And Meath is a bitch. Like, she's just a straight-up bitch. She goes... Uh, Al says, hey, did you have, did you find a staff down here? And she goes, oh, yeah, I burned it. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Well, you didn't want it. I needed to stay warm. And boy, that thing kept me warm. It's like, you are a huge bitch. Uh, I, I said to earlier that she was a, a child, but she's actually not, is she? No, she's not. She's like, she looks like a child, but mm-hmm. she's not. Yeah. Um, and this is where you were on about that part where you have to... Uh, learn how to use meath and this yeah, is that section because as you go to escape the the dungeon collapses and you have one way out that only meath can go yeah yeah that's where i got to because you control her i think she has a, like a ladle as her attack a spoon a fucking spoon a spoon <laughs> uh and i don't i can't remember some some crazy magic as well so if you hold use. r her yeah. And then let go of it. She'll roll at enemies in a pot. That's what I'm thinking of the pot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Actually, no, not holding. If you hold your attack down, if you hold A down to charge, then her pot comes out and you can roll at him. If you hit R, yeah. then a cauldron comes out on the lower screen. And you could tell they just threw this in here to take advantage of the DS where all of these little crystals are in. And there are these... Um, uh, fountains around different dungeons like a red, a blue, a green, a yellow, or a multicolored dun- font. And as you pull out your cauldron next to them, crystals will pop into your cauldron. Mm. And you can create different combinations. You know, put two yellows in and then you start stirring it. And you have to stir it at just the right <laughs> speed to oh, generate wait. three lights to click on and then you create a magicite of that color. So it's, Got it. it it, it's a mobile crafting system, um, which came it's in handy of, much later because you it gets tough and you run out of Magisite really quick. So yeah. you have to go find a font and get a bunch of green and then generate that and get yourself some healing magic. Um, but on the way out, the this is where like the the main overarching part of the story really gets dumped on you. Is on the way out, uh, you're about to be crushed. Because the ceiling is coming down and this huge boulder is falling towards you. And Yuri goes, I'm not dying here. And he invokes what very little control he has over the crystal and creates this protective barrier over the party. Um, But it ultimately proves too much for him. And he has like a a heart attack. And this causes Chalinka. She's like, okay, help. And she starts talking again. 
And at that point, that ghost from the beginning of the game comes back out and uh, leaves behind a cloak that she puts over Yuri and it revives him. Um, and that ghost ends up being Lady Talika, who is the daughter of the king who died in the fall of uh, Rhea Seal. So this place that you're in, um, there was a big battle that happened there and she died there. And at this point, for some reason, I don't know why, it just kind of it, it was a it, it almost felt like they went, oh, we need to inject this story beat at this point because we haven't talked about it since then. But Meath says that the twins parents um, were abducted by the Lunites or the twins mom was abducted by the Lunites. So like, mm. oh, by the way, we haven't talked about the Lunites yet. So here we go. <sighs> Anything. Yeah. The 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 Lunites were um, humans that have been tainted by the evil power of the moon and essentially what's going on for the rest of the game here is that you are trying to stop Galdez from summoning the moon down to the earth so he can become a god and the blood moon is what's causing the crystals to turn red, which is causing the monsters to show up, which is calling the causing the fall of civilization. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you get back to the castle. Al proves who he is. You go talk to the king. Chuchaspel shows up, kills the king, and then leaves as the guards are coming. And the guards see you standing over the king's body. And they're like, oh, you killed him. Oh, so God, more dark themes. They send you to <laughs> Sinner's Isle, which is basically a volcano mixed with hell. And it's another dungeon. It's a it's the obligatory fire dungeon. And you meet a bunch of carbuncles there. And um, obligatory fire dungeon. Yeah, you got to have your fire. This is where you gotta have got your, to. Yeah, you got to have your fire dungeon, your ice dungeon. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, but the, the carbuncles drop a little bit more story on you. Um but here you're forced to fight the reanimated dead body of your father as oh one of God. the bosses. And uh, yeah, he's really, <laughs> really difficult. So you defeat Shit. him and you have to go through the whole mourning process all over again. But this carbuncle comes out and he's like, don't worry, his soul is going to join the energy of the planet. Um, oh my God. But in order for you to understand what the hell's actually going on here. You got to go back in time. So you get to replay the entire Rhea Seal dungeon again, but before it fell. So you get to witness Lady Talika as she's being sacrificed. So what's happening here is that you need a female who has control over the crystal to utilize their body as a, a vessel to summon the Lunite gods. Mm-hmm. And Lady Talika has... Um, she has uh, no more power left. She's run her course and she sacrifices herself, gives up her life to prevent the Lunite God because she was at the point where like, okay, we're almost there. We're going to use the rest of your power. He'll come down. Boom. We'll be on our way. Um, she kills herself to prevent that entity from, hap- from, from coming down. So then Lady Atla or Latov and Illyria are... Uh, hiding out with Al and Meath, but Illyria, who's the kid's mom, gets captured and she takes the place of Lady Talika. So now you learn that her the, their parent, their mom, really isn't dead. They grew up thinking their mom was dead. Their dad oh, their shit. dad knew, hey, your mom's not dead. She's actually been having the life sucked out of her. So I'm just gonna raise my kids thinking she's dead. It's just easier that way. <laughs> 
Boy, that's healthy. Yeah, that's, just, that's healthy. Um, so oh the God. you get back to uh, Rabina Tayra, and the king is now possessed by a lich who was posing as the false Al. You defeat them. Then the king dumps a bunch of story on you about how the Lunites were the creation of Galdez, um, whose ultimate end goal was to become a moon god mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. is, is creating the crystals to become red. Um, so then you head out to the Lunite Temple to defeat Chaspel, and that's where you meet your mom, and she's still alive, but you're too hey, late. Mom. You're too late, <laughs> and she dies. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so these kids are just witnessing just their parents the worst. <laughs> dying over and over because she's consumed by a red crystal. And at that point, Galdez does become a god. So he succeeded in his mission, um, who can now manipulate space and time using the Great Crystal. So now that he's a god of the Red Crystal, he has power over the Great Crystal. And uh, by having power over the Great Crystal, he can suck the memories out of that crystal and manipulate time and create alternate realities. So he starts doing that. But he cannot find a reality in which Yuri and Chalinka do not exist together which means that they are intrinsically linked through the crystal and completely unseparated because they are twins. Oh, uh, okay, okay. You cannot separate their existence. Um, Does Chilinka remain totally catatonic at this point again because she just witnessed her mother dying? <laughs> no, I think she's used to the death of a parent at this point. Uh, okay, she watched so that dad die twice. Pilot on top of the uh, Well, whatever. I'll just bottle this up. <laughs> so, um, okay. You know, he he understands that I'm going to fight Yuri. And if he defeats me, I will undo it indefinitely until he doesn't defeat me. However, Chalinka steps in using her powers to send Yuri into the crystal. And they are able to manipulate reality themselves. And they right, can right. they make they sure that together. Yeah. So after you defeat Galdez, he's like, mm-hmm. nope, I'm going to undo it. And the fight with Galdez is super frustrating because, you know, it's your typical Final Fantasy end boss. It's got three stages. Stages, yeah. (laughs) But the third stage is so incredibly vague about what you have to do. So the third stage, he's, he's collapsed in the middle and he's got this circle going around him and there's four holes in it and a bunch of magicite pops out. And you're razor thin on all your magicite at this point. And right. what, what you have to do is grab a magicite, stand in one of those those holes as it's passing you and cast it. And you have to cast each of the four magicite in a very precise amount of time or mm-hmm. you go back to phase two with the boss having full health again. Oh. So I had to do that three times. Shit. So I essentially fought like seven Shit. variations of the boss. Oh, no. Yeah. But <laughs> once you defeat him, Galdez like, nope, I'm going to undo it. And because Yuri went into the crystal and they've created this alternate reality, they've condemned him to this time loop of where he goes, nope, I'm going to undo it. And then he undoes it. And then he's back at that beginning of that loop. He's like, nope, I'm going to undo it. And he just like repeats that loop indefinitely. Oh my God. So Yuri and Chalink are like, all right, see you later as they walk out of the temple. And he's just standing yeah. there doing this, <laughs> which is essentially the end of the game. Um, you know, and they, they head home. But Yuri, after being in, in the crystal, uh, starts getting really sick and he succumbs yeah. to the power of the crystal and dies. Fucking dog. But Chalinka 
<laughs> Chalinka says, no, I'm not going to let you die. And kills herself to save Yuri and brings him back to life. Wow. So now, now Yuri is all alone in the world. His mom's dead. His dad's dead. His twin sister's dead. And he sits, he starts to kind of reflect on the life that he had and realizes that Chalinka the entire time was utilizing the crystal to create this world that he wanted. So she was building it for him. And, uh, you know, he, uh, he, he decides, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to complete your goal of, of helping rebuild this. So he, he does that somehow. Uh, and he, he walks into the house and now he's suddenly a kid again and collapses into his mother's arms. So his sister's back alive. His mom's alive. His dad's alive. Although he retains memory of what really happened. Oh, he accepts the new reality. So he he's been given the power of the crystal by Chalinka to manipulate the reality and builds the one that he wants. So he imagine having to live your life knowing what it's like to have your parents and sister die. But like, (laughs) no, they're right there. Oh, that's really messed up. And that's the end of the game. That's really messed up. So, yeah, way darker themes than I thought when you were saying that they were that there was some uh, some pretty deep stuff. Yeah, because because you're playing kids, right? Like you're playing as ki- kids, and you're seeing this horrible, horrible stuff happen to like family. Yeah, it's it's That's definitely wild. it's definitely deceiving, <laughs> and you know I, I expect that on a DS game. I I didn't mean to like just give a complete okay. Here's the game from start to finish, but like yeah, the ending is so, in my opinion, dark that you have yeah. to understand all of those points to really see why the ending of it is dark. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it, it's sense. such a neat concept of your reality is what you make it. And yes, you know, your, yes, your past doesn't define you and, and all that fun stuff. But uh, yeah, yeah. A little yeah. bit like Metal Gear Solid. Yeah. You shouldn't allow yourself to be ruled by your genes. Yeah. Like your dungarees or your Levi's. No, no. Uh, G-E-N-E-S. Oh, like your Hackman's, your Gene Hackman's. No. Ah. Um. <laughs> it's like oh god sorry I don't get it no it's fine don't worry it's too profound for you too profound yeah cool yeah not bad little game uh, like I'm always a bit wary of those Final Fantasy spin-offs I feel like a lot of them are made and they just slap the Final Fantasy name on there and it sells because of that. Um, there are some. Well, in Crystal Chronicles too, because that was such a weird game when it came out. Um, I haven't played yeah. a ton of it, but apparently you have to carry. Have it, but yeah, 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 I have it. You have to carry this crystal pot with you wherever you go. So one of your yeah. characters is always carrying this pot to kind of help repel the monsters, and it just became very tedious and cumbersome. Yeah. No. But I'd like to jump into it now that I've played this. Um, yeah, I, really I would like lo- to play multiplayer, I think. I, yeah. I think a Final Fantasy multiplayer dungeon crawler would be my jam. And that's why Final Fantasy Explorers is so cool. Oh, yeah. Because, is that a dungeon crawler? Uh, it's like Monster Hunter, you know, so sort uh, of. Okay. Sort okay. of, but it, it does utilize the yeah. multiplayer aspect of that. And I've I've played that with uh, two or two other people. So a total of three in our party. And it was a friggin blast. Oh, that's cool. 
So I do you remember you talking about that now? Just very vague. Yeah. Vag. Vag. I know that Juliet was popping that in for the first time. We've made a recommendation to a couple other people, but I popped my cartridge in just to see if I could jump back into it. And uh, my timer on there was just, just a shade under 40 hours. And Oof. I hopped in and went, I have no idea what I'm doing. Don't remember a thing. Not Happens. one thing. Happens to the best of us. Gotta start over. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. It, uh, nice. Crystal Chronicles has, th- this, was a, this was one of those sleepers for me. Um, yeah fair no yeah not a bad choice i i i preferred i i preferred well i'd played of crystal chronicles rings of fate to uh project eden (laughs) um but that's not saying much um yeah and i i probably got halfway uh approximately so it would be nice to carry on through it i was struggling on some parts to care a lot about some of the characters but I think after what you've just said with some of the layer parts of the story, it kind of seems to tie together pretty well. And kind of yeah, they are kind going. of hard I to like. You have to make sure you meet all the characters. And I think there was maybe one character I didn't meet. Yeah, they are kind of hard to like. Um, yeah, sometimes. You know, yeah. but with the Crystal Chronicles remaster recently being announced, I'm, I'm really yeah. excited for it now. Especially now, hopefully the remaster will have the ability to do online play. Uh, I think that'd be a great yeah. one to jump into. Um, I don't know if that's coming to the States, though. Uh, really? Oh, yeah. Some of these spin-offs don't, don't come this west, uh, west side. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Uh, Crystal Chronicles Remastered. Switch release. Um, doesn't look like... Uh, January 23rd, 2020. But a worldwide release. Oh, shit. So Okay. Yeah. Yeah, the, uh, having played this, I will definitely pick that up. Yeah, that actually sounds pretty fun. If if we can play online, like if you if you want to play online with me on that one, I'll definitely get it. Yeah, I will one hundred percent play this. So excellent. I don't know. It it scratched that dungeon crawler itch, um, while also kind of sating some of that desire to have a really good story to it. Uh, I I think having yeah. played through it because initially when I saw that it was nominated for best story. I knew that crystal chronicles was not a story based final fantasy. So hearing that, like, what the, like, okay. Yeah. Uh, sure. Sure. <laughs> I can see why it's a, it was a great story. Either that or, um, other games that year just sucked. I don't really remember any much about 2008, uh, oh, in terms of I game releases. No, was, no. Just a big old financial crash. Yeah. <laughs> that's a bubble burst. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah that's that's uh that's Crystal Chronicles. Um, yeah, neat little neat little jaunt through uh, a Final Fantasy game. Two point five stars out of five. Ah, I don't know about that. I'd give it a little. Hey, that's little. generous. You think so? <laughs> well, we usually get we usually usually give uh, everything one out of five. It was shit. It was shit. Uh, Tom, do we have any questions? Um, we probably do. Yeah, you want to you want to handle that? I I can uh, I can. You can, can. Uh, send us questions every week. We post something on our Facebook page, uh, kind of outlining the game. Dan does a lovely f- photo. Um, this one was probably <laughs> his most subtle. <laughs> it's uh 
it's a thing. It's been a thing for a long time now. It really has. I think Eric's it's something he looks on, forward uh, to, and he's he's good at it. He does. I think he, uh, he knocks it out it. of the park every week. But uh, yep. that's facebook.com slash group slash factory sealed podcast. If you would like to write us an email, you can send it to factory sealed at manatank.com or podcast at factory dash sealed.com. So got a question from uh, from James Hall. Uh, it says, never played this one, but very much remember renting the first Crystal Chronicles on the GameCube. At the time, it confused me to no end and I had no one to play with. So that just made it worse. Do you guys have any cool slash interesting memories with that one? you kind of touched on the I, fact that we both really want to play crystal chronicles i don't properly. other than at the yeah. time being really intrigued about it um when did the first crystal chronicles come out I'm, uh that had to have been like 2002 2003 was it is what I, yeah uh at least for north america um that's i'm just gonna double check here yeah it was 2003 so at that point yeah. i didn't have a gamecube and me neither i had I a ps2 I, yeah um, yeah me too i think i had just bought an xbox so a lot of my time was spent on that and i remember being really intrigued by it because i loved final fantasy games and here's this one i really wanted to play but it just yeah. for me it's always kind of been that outlier so yeah and yeah me too i i never thought much of it i I also, when you hear the word chronicles, you think, oh, it's just a bunch of small side things, you yeah. know, like it's not canon to not that there's anything, you know, you know what I mean? It's just not a mainline game. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. And the GameCube did get a few gems from other, like when I think of Final Fantasy these days, or at least at that point, for sure, I thought of Sony, yeah. I always thought of Sony and it was the same with Metal Gear Solid, but of course the GameCube got twin snakes and I just remember thinking, like, uh, I'm kind of interested in getting a GameCube, but I don't want to buy it for one game. And then they would just, you know, get a Final Fantasy here and there and a few other little extras. And yeah, I was late to the GameCube. Definitely. I remember being really so. intrigued that you could play um, with your Game Boy Advance connected to it. Because then your yeah. screen would show, the Game Boy Advance screen would show menus and maps and different things like that. I thought that was cool. So I always liked the 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 connectivity between the consoles yeah um let me see I'm trying to see if there's any other questions a lot of people just trying to find copies of it which, jason uh, mcgill says it, it's such a fun little game I'm excited to hear what you think of it if i recall the network features don't work anymore but i remember having a blast playing it with others yeah and like it seems like you were, you were saying to me that it was pretty easy to find this game in canada it's not really I tried to find a like not even a sealed copy or a <laughs> <laughs> that would not have done even. much good not even yeah i would have kept it yeah. uh but yeah not even not even loose is what i meant to say sorry it actually just couldn't find it anywhere um, uh mark marcheschi has a question you want to read that one sure he says only played a little or the gamecube crystal chronicles but it brings up a question when i looked back at my save data from it once the names of my characters made me embarrassed as it clearly put when I played it at a strange time in my life, he was, Oh, has looking at a save file ever made you cringe or want to not recall that time you were playing that game before? Uh, let me tell <laughs> you about final fantasy seven. Oh, the, the and, names that you given though. Those and a little characters. Char- only one and a little character oh, called sexy. All yeah. exclamation point, all capitals. Uh, me personally, no part. I've been embarrassed for you. Well, you name all uh, your characters, Tom. 
not embarrassing. I still do that today. I do. I genuinely do. I, that'll never change. But you called your uh, save file for Demon Souls Grandpa Boner. <laughs> <laughs> so, so how do you I remember think, that? I think you have way more memory <laughs> memories on save files than I do about. <laughs> The difference is you don't wish you changed it. You're like, nope. Went with it then, would still go with it now. 10 out of 10 with Grandpa Boner again. <laughs> How do you know that? I don't know. I just remember stupid shit. That must have been on my uh, my YouTube walkthrough of it. Oh, yeah, it might have been. Because I watched those videos a lot when I was playing Demon's Souls. I know You that- basically walked me through that game. I know that Scott Jardy has me in his phone as awesome boner. <laughs> Whenever he sends me packages or anything, he has that on there as well. So I we won't ask why. I won't ask why. Yeah, well, that's up to Scott to explain. Uh, we got another question from Dalton. Uh, he says, is this considered a spinoff? Sort of like World of Final Fantasy and Tactics? And how does it hold up against some of the other spinoff games? Uh, also random but have any of you played the hyperdimension neptunia series i've been posting about it and i'm having a grand old time with it it's hilarious and i really think you'd enjoy it just avoid the original three for playstation 3 and play the rebirth versions Hmm. uh i i was really interested in world of final fantasy uh that kind of is it that like chibi kind of uh, art style to it that's like a Uh, that's yeah that's almost another monster hunter style I wanted it on Vita, but apparently yeah, it never it didn't went on sale. Run very well, and it was never. On, yeah, it was always stupidly expensive. Um, and yeah, I guess it. Yeah, is it considered a spinoff? I would call it that. I would yeah, call I would. Anything. I would definitely think so. Um, yeah. I would say the Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles, Mystic Quest, uh, Twelve Revenant Wings. Would you? Um, I would call Type Zero HD a spinoff. Yeah. Probably. Uh, the Four Heroes of Light. Yeah. The Chocobo Mystery Dungeon games. The Echoes of Light as well. The That's another uh, Chronicles game. Yeah. It's almost like it's the Chronicles series, I suppose. Because it takes place in an unnamed world. You know, the yeah. rest of the, like the mainline Final Fantasies take place on Gaia. And, yeah. Um, exactly. Um, how it holds up? I, th- I don't know. I, I haven't played the original but this one i think is well deserving of the final fantasy name because mm. it does have a really yeah really intricate story to it yeah and uh, that's what final fantasy is all about if you're going to stack it up to tactics it's one out of five stars for oh, sure but, yeah you know tactics is a different kettle of fish altogether isn't it yeah i, I, I would even consider for i would i would consider tactics a mainline yeah, I think a lot of people would agree with you. I don't know. Uh, I, 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 people love Tactics. It's actually considered one of the best uh, PlayStation One games um, for a good reason. Um, me personally, I definitely am not totally into the strategy RPGs. Uh, one's I don't have where, time for them. Yeah, the battles take so long. Um, they're great, but man i also am not huge on grid-based combat however one game that did do it well was uh pop lacrosse yes. 
um, because that was some sort of weird hybrid. I've yet to see any other game copy that or or, or even know where Poplar Cross got the source of material for that from, that, that idea. Um, but it was very, very unique. Um, I don't know what the combat is like on the Poplar Cross 3DS game. Uh, um, very similar. Um, no, 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 that's more... Is that more classic, like no, turn-based, or is it, it more action RPG style? I want to is say it's Nino like Kuni, Nino Kuni, perhaps. Yeah, like you move that's, around. That's actually yeah. what I was just going to say. Is it was more Nino Kuni style? Yeah, which is like Nino Kuni's like Tales, kind of. I know you haven't played tried any of the Tales games. I've been yet, looking but, for them. Yeah, but just haven't found them. Fair. Uh, do we have any other questions, Chad Schaefer? Yeah, he said, having never played any of the Crystal Chronicle games, I was pleasantly surprised playing this as Game of the Week. week, week. <laughs> <laughs> Just wondering if there are any other DS games you guys would like to play for the show. And is there a game series you avoided only to enjoy later? Pokemon. Uh, uh, yeah, that's yours, isn't it? Pokemon. Yeah. And I, it's not like I actively decided to avoid it. Um, I would also say Castlevania, too. Mm-hmm. And that was yeah. more or less. I'm just not a big fan of Metroidvania style games, but you know I see their merit yeah. now. I know it's not really a series, uh, but I totally avoided Dead Space, and I totally love that game. I can't wait to play Dead Space too. Yeah. Um, and for me, the DS has always been a game where I play some portable RPGs. So it's really hard to say, like, yeah, I want to do a bunch of these yeah. for the show because yeah. They're hard. It's hard to pack those in, but I'd like to do something like um, Bowser's Inside Story, Superstar Saga. Yep. Um, There's a lot of great... I would quite like to try one of those... Um, What's it called? Nine Hours, Nine Doors, Yeah, the nine Nonary something. Games. 999? Yeah, 999. I think those would be quite interesting. Um, we could do... I think uh, some very interesting There's games There's some library. really cool Zelda games on there too. You know, we could do... Spirit Tracks? Yeah, we could do Spirit Tracks. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> oh, yeah, we cool, can't go yeah. a show without mentioning Spirit Tracks for Dan. No. Uh, um, Phantom of the Hourglass I would actually like to play. Or just Phantom Hourglass would be fine. Oh, is it not? <laughs> Why do I always say that? <laughs> the Fire Emblem games. There's a ton of Castlevanias on there. Um, um, Diddy Kong Racing. Radiant Historia. Oh, my God. Yeah, just give me. But a minute. that's the example that you're giving, right? Of all these JRPGs, that it's hard to release. Yeah, the Dragon there's Quest There's a Suikoden games. game on there too. What's that? Uh, there's a Suikoden game on there as well. Yeah, that I've been quite interested in. But the Kirby's, the new Super Mario's, the Final Fantasies. Yeah, there's, there's so many. It's it's a good system. Uh, it's it's a weird balance of having games that aren't enough to carry a whole show and games yeah. that are too much for one show. Like this yeah, fell definitely. right in that happy medium. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, as far as series that you've avoided to later enjoy you to... said Pokemon I did say Pokemon yes uh, I would say Kingdom Hearts but I didn't enjoy it later <laughs> either <laughs> <laughs> yeah you clearly didn't enjoy that one um, but yeah you'd never guess but I think the I think other series that I just avoided entirely I tend to try and I, I hope to think that I keep an open mind and give things a whirl. Um, but sometimes you just look at things and you think those are not my jam. And for me, it's it's generally horror games because I just avoid those like the plague. 
but if I do end up having to play one, it's usually for the show. And then that opens my mind up a bit more to, eh, I can deal with this. This is fine. This what, is fun. What about the inverse of that question series that you've really enjoyed, but as you've gone on, you're like, yeah, this sucks. Yeah. That's an interesting one. Um, that's more common because, you know, I absolutely love, it's my favorite series of all time, Metal Gear Solid, but I will not touch Metal Gear Survive. No. And I will not touch anything after that. So, um, and there's probably a whole host of others that I've, that I've enjoyed the first original games and then thought this is really, t- this is really dropped off. I mean, I imagine Mega Man's probably similar for you. Like some of those 3D Mega Man's, they're see, rough. See, you would think so. I, I I believe so. No, that Mega Man on PlayStation, who boy, who buddy, those just don't exist. Um, <laughs> the Fallout series for me, ah yeah 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 Fallout Three, amazing. Yep, New Vegas, pretty good. Four, garbage. Mm. <laughs> seventy six, trash. But it's called seventy six. Seventeen seventy six. Well, hell, they're probably talking about twenty seventy six. Ain't nothing good happen then. <laughs> um yeah can't think of many others to be honest oh, not off the top of my head anyway yeah but that's some good ones there resident it is evil. resident evil has had a bit of a, a lot of them have kind of ebbs and flows yeah it's nice when you know, they, they when they ebb and then kind of find their way back reboot it like i feel like they really rebooted resident evil tomb raider like those really bounced back mm-hmm and not that I played Resident Evil Seven, but it looks it looks great. It looks like a lot. It looks like a good game. Yeah. Um, I was just looking here in our notes, and I forgot to mention a couple neat things about Crystal Chronicles. If we can jump back to that for a second. Oh yeah. So you actually posted a picture of it. Uh, the Japanese release got something <sighs> special. It's beautiful, right? Oh, I want it. It is really beautiful. I didn't. Uh, I didn't even know about this. So it looks like in, in Japan only. Uh, they had a console pack. They packed the Ring Ring of Fates with the uh, with the DS, and uh, the top. It's it's all completely white. The the DS light itself, but it has uh, the Rings of Fate logo on, on the left, and then it has the stained glass window on the right, and it's really nice. It's all black and white. It's called the no Gemini color. edition. Yeah, this game's pretty cool. Where if it detects that the um, cartridge is a pirated copy. It'll let you oh, play yeah. for 20 minutes and then Say thanks for playing. <laughs> yeah. It'll black out and go, thanks for playing. <laughs> I thought that was good. I don't, I couldn't find out further details about this, but the American release of the game had additional quests. I don't know which ones those were, but there was a little bit oh. additional added to it. Um, this was kind of neat. There was a piece of promotional artwork that has a bunch of Latin written on it and I'm not even going to try to pronounce it. Um, maybe in crystalum means <laughs> yeah. yeah which translates to there there on the crystal will be written all fates the place remote and illuminated the moon of evil fire red sits before the holy pale crystal from the twins of fates so kind of giving Very you a little cool. overarching idea of the story of the game so, uh the, the box art was really different between the three regions like like completely different was it uh i have to say that the japanese version is number one in terms of how it's aesthetic followed by Europe and the uh, yeah the North know. American one the black is really ugly it doesn't work in black I never 
I never really put black as a as a main. I don't know. I like the for... I like the one that's shown in the Gemini edition the best. That's the Japanese one. Yeah, that's the best. Yeah, that is the nicest one for sure. Yeah, the European one looks a little too. It's fine, but the the, Mer- the North American one is bad because you can't. The text isn't even legible. No, not at all. Like, um, but uh, that that stained glass window is mm. really is a really nice design. I've actually not really looked at it properly until now. Need it, want it. So, Tom, before we wrap up here, uh, yeah, we have a couple other things, a couple other housekeeping issues. We here at Factory Sealed. Um, like to think that we have grown over time. Hell yeah. Like a fine cheese. Yeah. We've I, mo- I would make a, a cheese joke here, but it wouldn't be very mature. Ah. <laughs> that one stinks. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, uh, but Mike's not here, so I've got to fill in for the jokes, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think his would have been worse, though. Um, (laughs) over the course of the years we've asked for a bunch of reviews however those are are kind of few and far between and we thought about why and I think a lot of it comes down to um, anonymity I think people are more apt to provide honest feedback when it's anonymous yeah I understand that that makes sense we put together kind kind of a lengthy feedback survey yeah, and kicked it out and it is it is truly 100 percent anonymous i know a lot of people would be like oh no you're probably pulling like no we don't know who submitted these some of them we can figure out based on what you've written because we know <laughs> we know people in our community um but we're never going to say anything we're not going to share any of that stuff but uh we wanted to get some honest feedback about what you think of the show in its current state how it's grown um what you think each of us hosts do well what we could improve on what segments of the show you like? Would you add any new segments? What do you want to see change? And just generally, how would you like us to change or improve or not do anything um, to the show? Because we want to make sure that we're not stagnating and, and providing you with um, the best quality of the show that we can. Uh, I, I like to think that we've created something genuinely unique with the show. And um, I think the, the feedback on the survey kind of concurs. And yeah, honestly, like, thank you so much to everybody who's, you know, taken the time to to fill out this uh, survey and actually give like, well thought out answers and ideas for improvements, what we do and don't do well. And I, I've actually had a lot of like time to kind of gloss over it and, and dive in and think, oh, yeah, these are things we could improve upon. These are things that I personally could be better at or, yeah. um, you know, and that, that's been really nice to see because it's just, you know, we do this show for ourselves but we obviously do it to you know for entertainment for everyone everyone listening and we want to make it as best as we can so uh it's it's totally it's hugely appreciative well i know we were all a little bit leery about putting those questions in there about what do you think (laughs) each of us can do better um you know because you open yourself up to criticism and you kind of have to have a little bit of a thick skin yeah And, and honestly not one thing came through that was rude or mean or yeah ill-spirited it was everything no. was was constructive and and that's perfect that's just what i want to hear yeah it's yeah. like you know it's it's things that you can just take with you and think about it and be like okay cool yeah yeah i can address that you know we're, we're sitting 
just at about 40 total responses. And um, I know that's not representative of the entire listening community, but sure. of the active community that we have, um, I think it's a really good cross section. And, uh, you know, the some of the, some of the quick feedback here, we put a question out there. It's like rate in order of importance, your favorite segment of the show. Um, and we broke it down into five seg- segments, uh, the shenanigans, hearing about the hosts lives, gaming news, um, game of the week and, uh, touching on modern games that we're playing and hands yeah. down without a doubt, the shenanigans <laughs> was number one, which, and this was Did really shocking. You? Yeah. Go yeah. Ahead. It surprised me too. This was really shocking because if you go and look at the, like the iTunes reviews, that's the thing we always get knocked for yeah. is taking too long to get to the games. And I think that, that, that shows what type of show we really are. You know, we're not yeah. trying to be the next big video game podcast. We are a podcast of the people and we want a community that just has a place to come and be themselves and I think that was the other really big takeaway from this survey so far is that everybody loves the interactivity and the interaction with the community. And yeah. what that and that almost in and of itself is, is something completely different. Um, it's amazing because I, I quite often have based where we're going as a show purely off iTunes reviews. And now if you cross compare that with the uh, our responses from from listeners the contrast is stark it's it's like oh okay there's a lot more to think about here there's a lot more to go on it's and especially the 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 negatives that have come along in itunes have been totally flipped to positives yeah and i think actually that's that's a huge um that's a huge point right there too because people on itunes are just are they're they're looking for more of the same they are and Uh, we are not the same and i also think that it falls into that, that that space of generally speaking when you're writing reviews it's because you're complaining yeah you, you write a review tend to when you have a negative experience but when you have a good one you know you just, you just kind of just leave it yeah um it's the bystander syndrome like ah somebody else will leave a good review exactly so to get this raw like anonymous which has been very important uh feedback we get to really like we get to really uh hear some like candid uh, thoughts on on how we're how we're doing and, and where we're going so yeah you know I, it's been it's, a really good experience it's interesting to see where people found out about us a lot of times it was just searching for retro gaming podcast um i'm surprised how many people heard from other people about the show <laughs> yeah you know so the, there I, definitely is word of mouth out there and uh, uh i think with so much content these days to choose from word of mouth is a it holds a strong place in, in recommend recommending to people it does because uh, people get sick of algorithms a lot like hey if you like this you'll like this and you're like no no, no I it's don't. not really how my brain works it's just and that's a, um, one of the main reasons we don't do advertising yeah is we want just, it to grow organically and we want the people that are going to be here to actually want to be here um, yeah we've right. we've put a lot of effort into cultivating the community into being this really positive positive area um, we've removed people that yeah. just were very toxic. Yeah, there's no place, no place for that uh, uh, anywhere, but especially in our in our community for sure. The the one 
one of the big takeaways too for how could we improve the show is more community involvement which yep. there are some really solid suggestions in here and we're going to take a lot of those to heart we want to sit and digest this for quite a while because the last thing we want to do is make changes that aren't really in the best interest of the show or the people or the community um, and we don't want to just half-ass anything so your your responses are being genuinely considered um, we just want you to know that yeah, definitely. Also, here, here, here. Also, as a result of it, there's a ton of feedback about factory seal merchandise. Yeah, and, and we have the the hurdle with that in the past has always been how do we distribute? How do we create? How do we send it out? And it's always been, yeah. I'll do an order, I'll mail it out, I'll package it. I'll. I just don't have the time for that. I genuinely yeah, don't have tough. the time. So. <laughs> We're working on a digital store right now that's going to have a wide variety of different things. T-shirts, mugs, um, computers, just stuff. Yeah, that things. kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. But we're not Black just going to yeah. yeah, slap some shit out there. So it's going to take a little while for us to put it together into a, into a, yeah. a brand that represents what we are. Um, but it'll for just sure. be ordered through there. And we're not out to make any money off of this at all. No. But for us, it's really humbling that people want that stuff. It's just so someone else can handle the the shipping, the handling, the uh, the, the manufacturing process. And so, yeah. You know, and if we get any some. kickback of it, sweet. If not, whatever. Yeah. Don't exactly. really care. But no. um, I think one of the other really important questions on this uh, feedback was on a scale of one to 10, how loud is Mike? And every single response came back at 11. <laughs> off the scale yeah 100 percent 11 one one eleven yeah, um, you're like you're loud mike you, you know it's it's okay so if you're listening it's okay we need to share this link out for people who aren't on facebook and this is we've been trying to yeah. figure out a way to to do this um and the only way we can really think about it or the only way we could think about to really do it is to create a, a, a standard bit.ly link. Yeah. And just just read it out. Um, yeah. Do unfold- we have one? I do. I have it right here. Um, and Dan has a really neat mnemonic device for remembering it in case you forget. Uh, <laughs> so if you don't know what bit.ly is, it's a link shortener. So it's bit.ly slash two m g s zero n o if you forget one more time it's one just bit.ly slash two m g s zero n o if you click on that it'll take you to the survey fill that out hit submit we'll see your answers it's not tracking Wait. email addresses or anything so no um Dan's Dan recommends just think two Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> nice. He has a he has a little bit more difficult one of just think Mike goes south for the holidays and don't think about the times he goes north twice. So yeah, um, yeah, that's uh, yeah, a little bit of housekeeping. Yeah, sounds good. Sounds perfect he's been doing a lot of straddling today apparently 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 he has um 
what's next? What uh, what's is next, next is we're going to be playing a game called Eternal Darkness. Uh, a cult classic. A cult classic with a seriously high Metacritic rating. I started it. It's weird. It is fucking weird. I've heard it's fucking weird. Our next three uh, games are really big games. Not big in, in scope, but like hard-hitting games. Yeah. So we've got Eternal Darkness. We've got Luigi's Mansion and Super Mario Galaxy. Oof. Yeah, that is a big set of games. Yeah. We'll do it. So until then, what we need you to do is go Find out there. something. Go out there. Put it between your legs. <laughs> yeah. What we want you to do is go put your crotch on as many things as possible. supporters with an extra special shout out to the following santos lopez zach folly jeremy sanford miles prower thomas mcgrew jeremy lucas nicholas bradley jordan lawfrey richard cutris chad schaefer phil gartside stephanie james hall samuel chun and sarah irvine